Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today's Saturday, May 11th, 10.30 in the morning. I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. Hey. What's happening? Not much. Just looking at Sekiro's rating on uh, the Googles. Metacritic, is it still hovering around 90? Yeah, it's 90 still. So we might as well just jump into the games that we've been playing recently. We haven't started this show with that in a while. Yeah, a couple weeks. What have you been playing this week? So I went through all of Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. Nice. So I... I would put it low 90s, okay. like 92 out of 100. So surpassed your love for Spider-Man 2 on the PS2? For sure. Yeah? Yeah, it's great. Like you said, I, I don't know if we were talking on here or just offline, but going back to Spider-Man 2, it's not as polished no. as we remember. Definitely not. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a great game. Some of the fights, my like one problem that brought it down for me, like the story's awesome. One of the complaints is bosses are front-loaded and end-loaded. Yeah, it is, but it's... So I was looking at the percentage, basically from 67% to about 80, I think, 5%. Because all of the map completion ties into your campaign's percentage done. Okay. So basically the last, I don't know, it took me maybe eight hours to finish the main like boss run at the end so i had no problem with it i liked flying around the city collecting all the things um yeah my one problem was um basically that when you get into a large thing of enemies you get there and you can get one shot Mm -hmm. because everyone decides to fire at once so with the higher tier enemies you just get screwed and it seems unfair yeah for some of the encounters so, so yeah. is there anything more for you to do as far as collectibles, or have you pretty much done everything? Yeah, I still have like 12% to getting 100% of the game. Okay. You're going to try and... Is there, there's DLC for that game, isn't there? Yeah, there's three DLCs. I'm playing Sekiro right now, mm-hmm. um, but when I end up raging on the current boss I'm on, I will probably go back to Spider-Man, and then I was also working on Odyssey as well. Okay. So I got through like three or four more worlds in Odyssey. Mario Odyssey. Yeah, so I'm on the 10th out of 14 mm-hmm. worlds. And then, yeah, I'm playing Sekiro now. Nice. So I um, I beat La- Lady Butterfly. I Whoa. beat her on my fourth attempt. I beat this uh, centipede dude at the gun fort. He's just like that ugly thing I showed you that's Lauren in the morning. Oh, with, yeah. Like, the claws and like the weird things. Yeah. I beat him. I beat this dude with a long spear. And then I beat uh, Genichiro, the dude who cut off your arm. In the beginning of the game? Yeah. So I, he's at the top of Ashina Castle. So I beat him on my seventh attempt. And then now I'm at the Guardian Ape, which is infamous for being like... Super challenging. That wall, another wall. So it's usually Genichiro, like the, guy, the, or the arm cutty guy, and then this ape. Mm-hmm. is the next kind of roadblock where people are like, holy crap. But you're sticking with it. I am sticking with it. I've fought him twice. The first time, what I've been doing, because I'm just like upgrading stuff, so I'm grinding out materials mm-hmm. um, for fun. 
I when you do that, you basically you can ring a bell. So the current mode that you're playing on is actually the easy mode. What? Kind of, <laughs> in a way. Um, there's a bell. A, it's I think a sinister bell that you can actually make the game harder. So. Um, That's stupid. When you ring that bell, you get better drops. Enemies are harder, but the bosses are significantly harder. Um, so I've been killing people with that extra drop rate to get more materials. And the first time I went into this ape, I uh, I had that sinister bell, which it makes them exponentially harder. It makes the people just a little bit harder, like more health, more damage. Yeah, I don't want to live that life. Yeah. So I turned it off. The second time I got to half health on his first bar. So I'm getting there. I, he's definitely doable. Okay. Now... What about the strategy guide that I gave you? It's like 650 pages. Is it uh, helping at all? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, it helped me find my way into like some of the mist area okay. to get to this like corrupted monk shadowy guy mm-hmm. who allows you to breathe underwater. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. So Sekiro and Spider-Man. Yeah, it's a lot. I really like Sekiro. It's, it just takes a lot of getting used to. Yeah. The, the combat's a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I will probably try and give it another go later in the year. Okay. When I have some downtime, you um, just have to give it a chance. With the it's if you think of it as pattern recognition, and dying is completely fine. Yeah, and there's no way I'm keeping my death count for that game. No, that I'm just doing it on the main bosses. Okay. I like overall, easily like 150 deaths. Yeah. But like on some of the bosses, like I'm finding some of the mini bosses to be harder than the bosses. At least my attempts. At yeah. Them. Yeah. Because like. The centipede dude, he does it like nonstop fast or like really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, But once you get the pattern on how he does it, it's really easy. Um, Like some bosses, I just take a break from, come back, and I do it my first attempt. Like not taking any damage at all. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Nice. Just a learning curve. I'll get there. Well, if that's all you've been playing this week. So I think last week I said I was going to jump right into God of War after Last of Us. And uh, you haven't touched it. I haven't. So I, I started Last of Us again, and I got up to uh, the hospital. So that's like the very end of the game, like yeah. the last 30 minutes of the game probably. Uh, but then I kind of was... Not, yeah, just I played it so much in the matter of like a week. I was like, okay, I need to put this down, save the final moments for another day. And I got the Spyro Reignited trilogy. Of course, the Spyro yeah, games did. were... Some of my favorite games growing up, uh, especially on the PlayStation. So another game by Insomniac, uh, the makers of Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, they were the Spyro developers back in the day. So this has been one of the greatest experiences I've had playing a remaster just because uh, they did such a terrific job. So Toys for Bob is the company that also did the Crash Bandicoot remasters mm-hmm. like a year ago. And everyone wanted them to also do the Spyro games. And naturally they did. And they look absolutely beautiful. I did a side-by-side comparison video of the originals to now, and it's unbelievable how polished these games look. And also, surprisingly, how well they hold up. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day when I played the first Spyro, I was playing it with the Boomerang PS1 controller, so I didn't have the joysticks. Yeah. Um, and, of course, now with the PS4 controller, uh, it controls wonderfully. I mean, yeah. Spyro is still a little bit clunky. Because you can move the camera now, and you couldn't before. Yeah. Uh, because before you had to use like the R, R1 and L1 buttons, but now, of course, you can just use the, the right analog stick, and it controls wonderfully, it looks beautiful, and they're still just terrific 3D platformers, a lot of fun. I played through the entirety of the first game, Spyro the Dragon, and I started Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, um, I think when I was in college, probably my, well, it's actually when I was doing my master's program, I played through Spyro 2 um, on the PS3, I downloaded the just the original PS1 version, and I still 
really thoroughly enjoyed my time playing it. But it's interesting playing one and two back to back because the second one is noticeably not more challenging, but I think the developers were a lot more particular where they placed ge- the gems and like the hidden items and things like that. Because yeah. in the first game, it was so blatant. I mean, they were just riddled all over the world and you could easily 100% each subworld. Did you 100% the first one? Because I know you're checking off. Just Yeah, just about, um, I would say, not just about. I mean, I have about 65, 70% of the trophies. Cool. Most of the worlds I got 100%. There are these really annoying, frustrating worlds, though, in the Spyro games where you have 30 seconds to collect four sets of items, whether it's... I hate time things. Yeah, and so after you destroy like one of the levels, there's these like little planes flying around. I hate planes. You have to destroy eight of them. I hate the number eight. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry. <shut up. laughs> um, and as you destroy each of them, you get like plus three seconds. So yeah. you get time added on, but it's still really infuriating when this timer is ticking down and you have to fly around the map and try and knock all these things down, fly yeah, through all these anxiety. loops. It does. So those are probably the things that will ruin me from getting the, uh, the platinum trophy, but... I'll eventually do it because it's just good fun for the most part. I was actually looking at your trophies, so and my trophies, and then I come. I was like, okay, we're on a scale. Where's Ben fall? Because Ben plays a lot of games. Oh, he's got like thirty-five platinum trophies. Yeah. So, I was. What's that star number? Star numbers. It's kind of arbitrary. I'm not sure how it scales, but for every trophy you get, that percentage continues to increase. And so I think I have like fifteen stars or something like that. Okay, so there's a number. Shit, then I don't know what number I was looking at. There's a number, and I had 757 was oh, my number. That's probably was the it, total number of trophies you have. Or something. Your trophy value is like scaled, maybe. Mm-hmm. You had 1,999. So that's my bronze trophies. I think your total trophy amount. No, I'll pull it up right now. <laughs> okay. I know my trophy count, bro. Okay. Because I was looking at Ben's, and he was like 1,600. And I was like, how do you play more than Ben does? Those are bronze trophies. So I'll, I'll pull this up right now. I'll pull up Ben's too because this is, this is serious business. Yeah, Ben takes his platinum. Or he does it for... So my trophy star is 15, and I'm at 59% to getting to 16. I have... Oh, I guess I do have 1,999 trophy total. Yeah. 1,506 bronze, 380 silver, 106 gold, 7 platinums. Yeah. Let's look at Ben's because his is great. He is less than you, but he has more platinum. He's more platinums, yeah. So Ben has he's also at fifteen. He has eighty nine percent to sixteen. He has one thousand eight hundred ninety four trophies, but oh, he has okay, thirty one so platinums. So. Yeah. So he's still a little below me in so total let's trophy. Let's see mine. I can't because you have freaking locked. Because when you got Dragon Quest, you didn't want me to know you were playing it, you oh, bitch. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I've, Shit. I, I've been really wanting. I you, didn't know. I've been wanting you to unhide it because I wanted to compare our trophies to see which, how, like, how many Sekiro trophies you have and whatnot. But oh, okay. Yeah, you, you need to unprivate that or whatever. I didn't know it was still private. I thought I undid it. But. No, what's not what on? Game was it? It was Dragon Quest Eleven. You didn't want me to. You were like, yeah, I'm playing the demo for like forty hours. No, no, no. no. I did it for a different game too. Except no, because I I fucked up doing that because I was like, oh, he can't see it. Yeah, your trophies because are I turned not it like public. I don't know if I did offline or whatever. And then I ended up. Can you even see that I'm online? Yeah, I can see that. And you can see what game? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's all I wanted. Like one time, I just put it in airplane mode or whatever. Like completely went offline, so you couldn't see what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, I also and I think I'm gonna actually do this and play it to completion. I started God of War three. 
Oh, what cool. it started, I started a long time ago when I got the remastered version on PS4. Yeah. And yesterday I beat Poseidon. Oh, the such a great. Wait, no, 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 I didn't beat Poseidon. I beat Hades. I'm sorry. Okay, like you're middle kind. of? Yeah. So I like ripped a couple of bosses in. He like three heads or something like that, and I just ripped each of them off or something. Or no, I ripped his like heart out. Yeah, because he has those little pick things that are purple, and yeah. you pull out his soul. Rip those out. Yeah, that was pretty sweet looking. But it's so wild to see having played, having watched you play God of War, four, four for like six hours to the, to this. I really want to have that side by side comparison when I talk about God of War in the podcast. Yeah, no, that's. I really liked God of War three. Um, I really like Greek mythology. Norse mythology is behind that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just I mean. Sc- Screwing around with Zeus at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a lot of fun. He yeah. was a hard fight, though. Yeah, I don't really recall because I played it when I was in Northern uh, Ariador back, okay. way back when in 2012, I think, something like that. Uh, all right, well, Ryan, I, that's all I've really played this week is Spy- uh, not Spider-Man, Spyro, Last of Us, and a little God of War 3. So do you think you're going to get through God of War 3 this week? Mm-hmm. And then, because we, what, it's June 8th that we're planning on doing... Yeah, so the other night I uh, turned on some old school Pokemon because reasons, and I came up. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to find here where I put that in. I basically tried to figure out what episodes we were going to be doing, or episode topics for the next probably six episodes or something like that. So I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The next eight episodes I had planned. Yeah. So should I rattle these off sure, real quick? Why not? So today we are going to talk about uh, PlayStation uh, State of Play, the conference that uh, aired Thursday of this week. Woo! Voice cracks. Uh, Kind of our hopes and dreams for PlayStation 5, because that's probably going to be releasing next fall, is our guess. And then we took on a monumental task of figuring out our top five PlayStation games from every generation, including the PSP and the Vita, because no one can, you know, don't forget the bastard stepchild. Vita. Everyone loves that little console. Yeah. So, should be a lot of fun. Then, next weekend, we had to do it on Sunday because um, I'm going to be going up north for a bachelor party. Yeah. And then, uh, so you have to figure out some back-of-the-box trivia for me. Yeah. Which should be fun. I have to do that this week. I'm going to start... Well, don't we have Monday off? Or is that the following That's weekend? the following. Yeah. Um, okay. Then we are going to do something a little new. Rusty is going to start a new segment called... Rusty's retro recommendation. Oh, alliteration. Alliteration for, for days. days. Uh, so, See, you're saying for days. I like this. Yeah. I got my, uh, what is it, Duel of Fates. I got my coworker to sing or hum Duel of Fates outside of work because I do it so often. Yeah, you folks, <laughs> look up Duel of Fates. You know, the great tune when Qui-Gon, Liam Neeson, and uh, Obi-Wan fight uh, Darth Maul. Yeah. At, in, uh, what is it, Naboo? Yes. Yeah, so that scene when they fight him, that Duel of Fates plays, look up on YouTube, Duel of Fates sing-along. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever, ever watch. It's just... <laughs> oh, it's... I was crying laughing when I was watching it. It's They kind of do a spoof on what it sounds like, the orchestra's singing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Cordon the Cub. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's good Duel stuff. Duel of Fates. May 25th, we're going to have a summer blockbuster discussion. Ryan and I need to go to the theater and see Aladdin, John Wick 3, and the Tolkien movie. So, we have our homework to do, Ryan. Yeah. The following week, June 2nd... And Pikachu, Detective. What's up? We're going to do our E3 2019 predictions. 
The week after that, we're hoping to have our good friend and executive producer of the show, Travis, on to do a God of War spoiler cast. So if you haven't played God of War on PS4, get to it. The week after that, we're going to do an E3 breakdown plus our thoughts. And then for the milestone 50th episode of Otaku Brothers, can you believe it? We're going to do Growing Up in the 90s Part 2. Hold on a second, Ryan. This might Because you haven't mailed the CDs yet. This might be <laughs> the... What did you... Have, you... have you mailed those things yet, the 45s? No, I already, I already said that we're going to do episode 64 with Grant. Yeah, okay. You, you know... should probably get started. Dude, I shot him a text message. We talked on the phone. It's fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. As long as you're close. I think we uh, might have uploaded the first episode of Utaki Brothers... On this very day. Oh, no. We're almost no, there. Two weeks. Six, it's like the six days from now will be the year. Oh, yeah. It was the second episode. The day yeah. that we uploaded the first episode. Our humble gaming beginnings, which has been downloaded like 300 times. Nice. So, it's one of my favorite, actually. It is a good episode. It's, you know, kind of sucks that it sounds like I'm on the like other side of the room talking and your mic is actually working. Yeah, that was... Trying to think what mic you had because we both had two balls. Well, it didn't matter. Well, yeah, we've had those kind of since birth, Ryan. But we, we just spread them out over a table. Yeah, no. So I didn't know a how scru- to con- a creaky table. I didn't know how to configure two mics on my computer yet. Yeah. So your mic was picking up your voice and mine wasn't, so it sounds like I'm on the other side of the room, which is probably why a lot of people didn't continue listening to the podcast because they were like, "These noobs don't have need." N- not, I don't know how to talk, Ryan. Yeah, I, I've seen that. I'm struggling. Your today. voice cracking, and uh, no, that's I, actually probably why they stopped listening. Is because you don't know my how voice to talk. Cracks. Yeah, no, they they stopped listening because I, I, the mics were terrible and the quality of the podcast was balls. Yeah, you fucked us, dude. Well, seriously, watch you the language. You fricked us. Watch the language, bro. We don't want to get the explicit tag. Scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing really <laughs> good at getting us there, though. I'm trying. And then episode... Maybe, f- like, f- episode 50, we can get the explosive tag. No. Episode 51, July 13th, we're planning on doing the Cimmerillion episode. We're taking a two-week break because Ryan and I are going on an Alaskan cruise. Just the two of us. Mm. You can make it if you try. Just the two of us. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me think of Bernstein Bears. What? Bernstein Bears? Yeah, well, I know who they are, but why does... I, I just said I don't know why. All right. What's up, Bill Withers? Um, all right, let's... You know what, Ryan? Let's start talking about PlayStation New State of Play. All right. Cool. Well, that was your cue to start talking about. Oh, Ryan. okay. So there was a state of play, and there were some things that were announced, and my favorite of them... Well, let's break it down. All right. So Monster Hunter... There's going to be DLC in September of next year. And no, this year. September 6th. Oh, it, I guess it is 2019. Yeah, September of this year. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to start playing Monster Hunter. Yes. Later this year, probably August. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have to go through that together. Because you'll those look like... I'm guessing DLC monsters will be high rank. So there's low rank, high rank. So we'll have to get... As far as the here. difficulty of the monster? Yeah. yeah. I had a burp. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's called Iceborne. It comes out September 6th. Good stuff. And then they rolled right along into a really interesting, odd choice for a game. I never saw this coming. I don't think anyone did. It's like the QB thing. No, that's that might have been the next one, but Predator Hunting Grounds is the next one I have written down, okay. which is 
It's coming in 2020. It's this multiplayer experience where one group controls the humans. Another, of course, controls the predator. And yeah, I thought it was a very interesting choice to showcase in this. Reminds me of like Friday the 13th, Mm -hmm. where there's like one dude's Freddy and then everyone else is like a victim and you just try to run away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be fun for some. I don't know. I I, I probably won't play it, but uh, I thought it was a really interesting game to showcase during this little conference yeah um, i would i think it's a new ip so they're wanting to kind of get it out there mm-hmm. wait so are they going to do state of play as nintendo does it like the that frequency i hope so i really they don't have to go to e3 ever again if they do this you know four to five times a year yeah i think it's brilliant there's no fluff they don't have any awkward celebrities coming up on screen trying to introduce the new kill zone you yeah. know it's completely to the point, get us the games. That's all we need to know. Give us some dates. Get off the, yeah, the screen. Saves you know? a lot of money. 12 minutes was how long this little conference went on. And they showed one, two, three, four, six games. Yeah. And I thought it was great. So the next one they showed was Riverbond, which is this really interesting, kind of pixelated co op dungeon crawler. Yeah, it looked like uh, Cube World, which was another thing around the time that Minecraft was really popular. Mm-hmm. It's like a dungeon crawler. You actually. It's like a 3D world, really big environments. Um, it was a pre-release kind of game, like Alpha State kind of. Okay. It was a lot of fun, but they never ended up adding on to it after they got the initial influx of money. So hmm. it sucked. I think this will be good because they're probably going to have more characters than they advertise here on the outset. But you're going to get some of the notable prominent characters from Gua- Guacamelee, Shovel Knight, Bastion, Psychonauts, just a lot of their kind of... More indie, obscure games. It looked interesting. I'll probably get it. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. little uh, co-op multiplayer experience. This next one kind of reminded me of Tokyo Jungle on the PS3, which is kind of this wacky, post-apocalyptic, only animals... It was just a flying squirrel ...walking thing. the earth. Yeah. So it, it looks like some weird animals, wild animal survival game. Dude, I, for when you play as an animal and you're going up against an- other animals, all I think is like Life of Tiger. Like Black Tiger. Black Show him tiger. respect. What, was, what did I say? You said Life of Tiger. It's Life of Black Tiger. Oh, okay. Well, his blackness makes him better. Yes. Um, no, I think it looks interesting. I mean, again, very reminiscent of Tokyo Jungle on the PS3. If you get to be some an animal of your choosing and get to go around just surviving and stuff. Yeah, but then they put a giant spider at the end, and then it was like, eh. Yeah, but if, was if you can be the spider... That's the last thing I want. <laughs> that sounds like hell to me. <laughs> no, I think it looks fun. It looks interesting. Yeah, I think that's coming in the fall. I don't. I didn't get a release date for that. No, I didn't see one. But uh, they also showed a new limited edition PlayStation Four console, which I feel like we're kind of late in the game to be advertising PS Four consoles. Yeah, it but didn't do anything for me. No. Plus, it's gonna be like six hundred dollars, and I have. I mean, I have the PS Four. I have. You have a pro? No, I have just a regular regular? one. Okay. Uh, And I have no reason to get a pro at this point because the PS5 is coming out. So, This next game I'm really interested in getting, very excited about. It's coming October 25th on the PS4, the Medieval remake. Is it the skeleton one? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I remember seeing this a long time ago. It just makes me think of that Jack Skellington. Yeah, from Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, which I've never seen, which I need to see. Good Lord, Ryan. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks interesting. I, I didn't really under, what's the gameplay? It's kind of just a hack and slash. Hack and slash. Yeah. I could deal with another one of those in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. It's just really goofy. It was on the PlayStation one originally. There were two of them 
And I always wanted to get Medieval Resurrection on the PSP, which I think was just a remake of the first one, but they didn't do any kind of graphical upgrade. It was just ported to the PSP. I never got that, but now no better time to jump on board than it being completely HDified for modern consoles. So I'm excited about that. Then the game everyone's been waiting for, Final Fantasy VII Remake. They showed a beautiful trailer. They showed Aerith giving um, Cloud a flower. Uh-huh. Great little animation and dialogue between the two of them. Barrett being Barrett, going all crazy like with his the machine gun guns, and then uh, they saw some really great action-packed gameplay. Yeah, uh, little snippets, nothing too crazy, but they did say we're going to get more in June, and they didn't tease it as being episodic like they originally advertised it as such back at um, E3 a couple years ago. What do you mean by episodic? How did they? They're going to release it, it in multiple installments, which oh, okay. really pisses me off because. Which more leads me to believe that they're going to keep drawing this out until the PS5, because if they're releasing this episodically, my guess is it's not going to be like every month. It's probably going to be like three to six months between installments. Oh, so they're not releasing the full game? No. That's stupid. Yeah, this isn't... It makes sense to do Telltale's Walking Dead that way. That's what I was thinking. Because those are adventure games that are very almost movie Mm experience-like. You just kind of get to tailor the experience to your choices. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII is a JRPG. You don't split games like that up. Not a JRPG. It makes zero sense to me. That's like having Frodo leave the Shire episode one. And then, like, have him go to, like, the elves episode two. Like, if you chunk up, it makes sense to do, like, Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King. It's like chunking up Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I don't know why they're... Well, I I know why they're doing it. Money. But it worries me, again, I haven't played Final Fantasy VII to completion. I haven't played more than three hours of Final Fantasy VII. Come at me. But even still... I played zero of pretty much all Final Fantasy. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> we need to fix that. But I do. This is the one I... We, now I'm less hyped. Because I was really excited to finally do a Final Fantasy because one cloud is awesome. And how are they going to do this? Are we serious going to get like four discs? To be continued. Well, no, but like, am I going to buy a physical release of this game and get one disc and then, I mean, we're basically backtracking to the PS1 days. I'm going to have four discs for Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Or like maybe it's DLC kind of thing. I don't like know. And then the eventually you're going to get the entire physical I copy. just don't like the idea of to be continued. And then you stop all my thing. Do I have to rebuild the character after that for the next installment? No, I'm sure, you know, we're at a point in technology where they can just pull and save carry over all like that. Mass yeah. effect kind yeah. of thing. That's disappointing. It is. I don't really understand the you logic behind You ruined my that. day. I was having a good day before this. I beat some secure bosses. I was excited about four new monsters, like cool armor for snow. Drink your coffee. You're going to eat Chipotle soon enough, so I know. calm down. It's, I was so excited. Cloud with his blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm naming my dog after him. Now they're going, maybe I have to change my dog name in protest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure uh, Square Enix really cares about that. They do. Yeah. They should. It's definitely going to be a deal breaker for the episodic uh-huh. release schedule. Uh, Ryan, I think we should save the PS5 talk for the very end. Okay. Do you want to get into our top five PlayStation games of all time? So we have, let's see, let's go over the itinerary. We have, I only have PSP, I have PS3, PS4, and stuff for PS5, and then we have the talk about the Eternals movie. Yeah, well, Eternals will save at the very end. Okay. PS5 will save for before that. Let's do the top five PlayStation games now. Cool. 
All right. So do you want to go backwards or do you want to just go through kind of chronologically PS1, 2, 3, 4? Uh, let's start with you doing PS1 and PS2. All right. So PS1 was one of my favorite consoles of all time growing up. I would say the N64 uh, is I prefer over the PS1 because I'm. it's tough because for, for both consoles, the games that I would enjoy, which are mostly licensed games, are relatively cheap these days. So I can find and experience kind of that entire catalog even today. And so have a lot of fun. But the PS1 is something that largely I played with my sister growing up. Um, I still have, I have very few of my original consoles and games. I'm very proud to own my number one game on the PS1 still. And I still have my original PS1. Nice. It's one of the PS1 Slims, like the white one that's kind of yeah. a lot tinier than the original uh, model. Usually what, they're bulkier and gray? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, honorable mention goes out to Flintstones Bedrock Bowling because it was one that Pete was speedrunning last summer. And it was kind of a community speedrun because a lot of different people were competing to have the world record for this game. Oh, why? Why the sudden urge of bowling? It was just such a ridiculous concept for a game. Yeah. You're many of the Flintstones, you know, favorite characters, Mm -hmm. Fred. Barney, Rubble. Yeah. um, Dino was actually the more popular character because it was quicker. Cool. And... It was just such a ridiculous game, a lot of fun, and it was just so much fun to see this community of people trying to race to get the speedrun. So I, how does that speedrun work? You just start a timer, and you have to get through all the levels, and you you had to get does strikes. Does it matter your score? Yeah, you had to get strikes on each level. Oh, okay. Which wasn't actually a challenging feat, because okay. as long as you hit it like right down the middle, you get a strike. Oh, cool. Yeah. Mm, that's um, interesting. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh it was very, very well-received from critics back in the day. PlayStation Magazine was actually quoted as saying, rarely has a game combined gameplay this lifeless with looks that are so offensive. So <laughs> definitely pick up your copy on this eBay lifeless. for uh, about 15 bucks. Number five is a game that I actually haven't played the physical copy. I played the Wii version, and then I went back and downloaded this game on my Vita, and that is Klonoa. Klonoa. An outstanding 2.5D platformer with this really adorable character that has... This little sidekick friend of his, and how do you get a half of a D? You said two and a half D. It's kind of you go back to the foreground, foreground type of thing. Oh, okay, um, that's interesting. So it's kind of like Kirby games, like Kirby's Crystal Shards on the N sixty four. If okay. you've ever played that, or even Yoshi, uh, Crafted World. Okay, that that would be considered Mostly. two and a half D. Interesting. I've yeah. never heard that term before. So. It's just a really fun, whimsical little platformer. It looks outstanding on the, the Wii. Mm-hmm. You can play it. Uh, I would prefer, or I guess recommend you play that version over the the original just because, one, the PS1 copy sells for like over 100 bucks these days. Wow. And the Wii version you could probably get for 20 to 30 bucks. It's actually getting a little bit more expensive too, but really great little platformer. Lots of good times. So that's my number five. Number four is a game that you and I need to play sometime. Okay. I remember going to my buddy Danny's house and he had this game. And we struggled to get past, like, even the first level, but it was still so much fun. And that's Star Wars Episode One Jedi Power Battles. Oh. So the game starts out just as Episode One kind of begins when uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are trying to do those negotiations. They come out with their lightsabers doing the lightsabery things. And what's really wild about this game is that you can play as Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Plo Koon, um, Mace Windu... You can unlock, uh, who's the Conehead? Uh, Keanu Mundi? Yeah, you can play as him eventually. Really interesting cast of characters. I mean, the more prominent Jedi Masters from Episode 1. Yeah. But it's just a great kind of 
not top down, but sort of top down hack and slash adventure game. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it's a really good time. So we definitely didn't play that because it's co-op. What made it so hard? I guess it's a PS1 game. A lot of those older games are rough. Yeah, it was just challenging. There were a lot of guys fighting you on screen, a lot of droids. Health pickups weren't... Droid to cause! (laughs) Health pickups weren't very frequent, so it was just tough. Nice. But good fun. Number three is a game that most people probably haven't played and would scoff at the fact that it's on my top five PS1 game list, but it's one that my sister and I played endlessly, and that is Miss Pac-Man Maze Madness. I heard that was pretty good. Yeah. I'm going to pull up one of my favorite songs from the game. But it was also kind of a two and a half D, not, it kind of was platformer, Yeah. but you were in the confines of a, a Pac-Man stage and okay. they were themed around different environments. So one of the environments was kind of this Aztec stage, or not Aztec, it was Egyptian because the song that I'm about to play was, is called like Cleopatra or something. Mm-hmm. So give me a second here. Great little tune, gets me going, all nostalgic whenever I hear it. It's crazy to think that she married an emperor. Miss Pac-Man? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. She lived in the old Roman times. Mm -hmm. All right. This is the Cleopatra theme extended. (laughs) Her husband fought things in the arena. I can platform to this. Oh, yeah. Give Give it a chance. Here we go. Sounds more Chinese. Yeah, kind of does. Oh yeah, you got a synthesizer in there. Hell yeah, I like that. Isn't that catchy as hell? That's catchy as hell. <laughs> Let me pause this. All right, yeah. So whenever I hear that tune, it really gets me going. My sister and I played that endlessly, and I actually listened to the entirety of the soundtrack through the day at work, and it was only like thirty-five minutes. So I'm assuming that uh, <laughs> when you only have thirty-five minutes of music, and that song just plays on loop. Clearly, it's embedded in your brain yeah. as a young kid. But it was really good times. Again, a 2.5D kind of adventure game, and you're within the confines of a Pac-Man stage. It's kind of maze-like, as the name would imply, Maze Madness. Uh, but really good fun. Yeah. So I mean, with that music. It's actually on the N64 as well. It might be on the Dreamcast, too, but super cheap these days. I imagine you can get that game for 10 to 15 bucks. Cool. Probably cheaper. Really great fun. Number two should come as no surprise either if you've listened to any of these episodes uh, like I said, I haven't really played any of Final Fantasy VII, but I'm very partial to Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. Kind of has that Disney aesthetic to it with these more animated-like characters. It's not as human-like, if yeah. you will. Well, any PS1 game isn't very lifelike because everything looks like clay by today's standards. But yeah, that's also very true. Final Fantasy IX has just an outstanding cast of characters, really memorable music, and just a really fun story. And yeah, nice. one of my favorites. And that's the one that you got your t-shirt logo off of, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah, for the podcast logo, you'll see me wearing um a shirt and Charmander it has a little VV costume. Yes. VV was the mage in the game. One of my favorite video game characters yep. of all time. So good stuff. Number one, uh, I mentioned earlier in the episode that I have very few original original copies of mine from growing up. One I do have, it's all scuffed up and scratched and re- just gross is Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage on the PS1. Oh, nice. The one, now you have the uh, remastered of it. Yep. So, really great fun. I played through this dozens of times with my sister. And, uh, yeah, just a great 3D platformer. Still have my original copy. And, uh, which, it's wild because the Spyro games have really skyrocketed in price on eBay. Really? Even with the release of the Reignited Trilogy, I thought they'd go down. But some of these games, 
one, two, and three are like forty, sometimes fifty bucks. Wow. So yeah, it's crazy to see like stuff that's come out 10, 15 years ago still being its original price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If not, I mean more expensive. more expensive. Yeah. You look at a game like Earthbound. That's like five hundred bucks to get complete in box. So yeah, that's too much. So the PlayStation Two. Moving on to the top five for that. This is such a challenging console to pick top five games just because it is undoubtedly my favorite video game console of all time. I'm hoping to someday do some kind of retrospective. I know you haven't played it. Nope. Uh, but it'd be cool to get like Pete on or something like that again to talk about this this console because it's so special. It was revolutionary for, for video games, particularly with games like Grand Theft Auto 3 that revolutionized the open world genre of games. Did PS2 come out? What around Xbox timing or like late into Xbox? No, PS2. When did that kind come of started out? the generation that generation of consoles? I believe. Oh, they did. So PlayStation Two. I want to say was like two thousand one. Let's see, PlayStation. It's also the best selling console of all time, I believe. Still. Really, I didn't know that. Uh, PlayStation Two released. Hmm. In two thousand. Wow. Oh no, that's Japan. March fourth, two thousand, Japan. October 26, 2000, North America. Okay, so then Xbox. Units sold, 159 million. Holy cow, they're 50 million above PS4. Mm-hmm. Xbox original. You don't say Xbox One, Ryan. Or whatever the Slim or S is now. The so yeah, it came out in 2001. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had the original Xbox opposed to the PS2. Um, what a one sad of, life. Yeah. I mean, I got the original Halo, which is cool, but PS2 had such a good range. But that was back in the day when I didn't have a job and I couldn't buy my own games. Yeah, that's what your parents got for you. See, I didn't get an allowance. I did like mow lawns and things. You never got an allowance no. growing up? Hmm. Nope. I stayed in their house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I got... No, we know. Lauren and I, we had jobs when we were, what, like 13? That's, I mean, I didn't get a cell phone until I got a job, so I was 14. I didn't get a cell phone until high school. Yeah, same. I was a yeah. freshman in high school. Yeah. Which I'm kind of glad that my parents instilled that into me. You know, they weren't like, you're in sixth grade, here's a cell phone or an iPad, have fun. Well, it's also iPads weren't around and cell phones were like freaking flip phones. I know, but you look at and kids like nowadays. Texting, I didn't like. I didn't get a phone until it was NV1. The original Envy. Where was the keyboard phone? I had the chocolate. Oh. That was my first phone. Nice. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the razors? Those were sleek as hell. Yeah, they were. Yeah, like my a think pink the... razor, like a like a techno pink. Mm. Yeah. It was really nice. I was gonna say something. Black razors were nice too. I can't remember what I was gonna say, but I missed oh, those. What I was saying is that nowadays you see like three year olds messing around on iPads in church and stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I think that's actually really bad for your vision that early when you're developing. That's why I have glasses, bro, because I played my Game Boy Color like, like, <laughs> like, like right my face, face for like three years. Yeah, did you ever have on the Game Boy Advance the little attachment light? No, because I went from Game Boy Color to SP. Okay, I never had an SP until like last year. I had so. a worm light for my like books, like reading books at night. Books. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was more like an environmentally friendly person, and I didn't want to kill trees with books, so I went for just the attachment light from a game. Listen, board. the Magic Treehouse people were not going to read themselves, all right? That's true. That's true. Those books were boss. You ever read those? The Magic Treehouse? Magic Treehouse. That sounds really familiar. Oh, come on. Everyone's read the Magic Treehouse books. 
Oh, I meant, what is it? I meant, wow, that was a struggle of a sentence. I remember the uh, magic Dinosaurs school bus. before dark. Christmas and Camelot. Come on, these are so good. These are classic. Let's see. I. The Night at Dawn. I remember these. I did the Pirates one. Pirates. What is this? Uh, What's the name of this one? I'm trying to look it up. A nonfiction companion to Pirates Past Noon. Pirates Past Noon. There were so many of these. You want to talk about alliteration? I did alliteration. the ninja ones. Season of the Sandstorms. Afternoon on the Amazon. <laughs> Midnight on the Moon. What is it? I can't even. Sunset of the Sabertooth. I read that one and then I did the moon one. Dolphins at Daybreak. Come on now. I did that one. That one looks really familiar. Polar Bears Past Bedtime. Lions at Lunchtime. Dude, these people were amazing at alliteration back then. Let's see. what Eve of the Emperor Penguin. There's a million of these things. Day of the Dragon King. Tonight on the Titanic. Dude, these were amazing. I don't even know how these happened. I mean, was it just some like literally magical thing like the Rugrats where they just imagined themselves? I don't remember. How long were these books? I think like seven and a half pages or something like that. Yeah, sounds about... No, there were probably, I don't know, 60, 70 pages. Yeah. Ghost Town at Sundown. I wonder if they stand up to the test of time. Oh, easily. These would give Tolkien a run for his money. (laughs) All right, let's keep going with my top five PlayStation 2 games. Again, I want to do a retrospective because there's too many to... Oh, the Air Dactyl one. Hey, no more pirates at uh, at, uh, noon, all right? All right. That's fine. Yeah, so, I mean, there are so many games on this console that I can name off. Uh, some honorable mentions, Sly Cooper series, Ratchet and Clank series, Enter the Matrix was an outstanding game, Hit and Run, Road Rage, Spider-Man 2, GTA 3, Hot Shots Golf 3 and 4, Gran Turismo 3 and 4. I mean, the list goes on forever. There are so many series of games that I could mention here, but these in particular hold a very special place in my heart. Number five, of course, being Jack and Daxter, the precursor legacy. Replayed it last year on PS4, still stands the test of time. Naughty Dog, please revisit these Great, great, great yeah. 3D platformers. Yeah. I, I, you Did you buy They're a more physical 3D copy? adventure games, but what's that? Do you buy a physical copy or a download? It's just a download. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll have to get my own copy. Actually, I th- wasn't it free? No. No. Not Jack and Daxter. Okay. That's actually one what of my hopes. What am I thinking of? That's actually one of my hopes and dreams for PS5. We'll get Jack there. Jack and Daxter. That, we'll, we'll get there. Don't okay. worry about it. Number four is also a game I played last year. Wouldn't have played it if it wasn't for Mr. Mighty Pete Door himself. And that's Dark Cloud. Yeah, I remember you really liking that one. Really, an Except inter- for the last dungeon, right? Yeah, it was like a million levels long. Um, really an interesting mix of roguelike with simulation. Mm-hmm. So each dungeon that you go into is, of course, procedurally generated. Changes each time you go in it. Mm-hmm. And then in the beginning of the game, this Master Wizard, of course, or this... Uh, who was it? It was this uh, giant troll dude. I forget what he looked like. He was a genie. He was a genie. I'm sorry. Yeah. That Remember, I'm terrible at remembering video game plot. stories. Yeah. He was a genie that sn- kind of like Thanos snapped everything into these little... Um, we snapped thing- everything into nothingness. Okay. But Master Roshi came in. Nice. And he encapsulated everything in these small little orbs. Yeah. And he gave... Dragon Balls. Yes. <laughs> and he gave the main character, I don't remember his name, because... The fourth one, because it was his grandfather's. Yes. Gohan. Yep. So Gohan comes in and gets the power to, you know, unlock these little orbs. By collecting balls. And once he collects them, he summons the... Shenron. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, that's actually not the plot at all. But once he unlocks all these but orbs... Boo eats everyone. He goes back to his town. Actually, the genie kind of did look like Boo a little bit. The rise of Boo, Dark Cloud. Yeah. You go back to the town, and you can rebuild the towns that were essentially ridden of all their mm. glory. Capsule Corp. Yeah. It's good fun. Yeah. Because you kind of... Do, do any of the cities in Dragon Balls have names? I'm sure they do. I feel like they do. I can't remember anyone. All I just remember is Capsule Corp. Yeah. All right, sorry. Dark Cloud. No, it's a great RPG. So it's... was there a final boss? I'm yeah. guessing the genie guy? Yeah, the genie. Okay. I never beat him. Really? <laughs> no. Because you needed to bring some item to stun him because one of his attacks just kind of wrecked you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that this particular item, if you eat it or throw it at him, it just makes the, the battle a lot easier. Okay. Because Pete so speed ran it. can you get the battle? Speed or ran can, it. Can you get the uh, item? Yeah, you have to go back to the first town. Oh. And, and then do you have to go through the dungeon again? Yeah, and it's kind of like a farming thing. You have to farm for these items, I think. Or no, I think you can just go to the marketplace and buy them, but I just never... So once now that you're on level like 35 or whatever it was... Can you teleport back to level 35? Or do you have to go through the entire last No, dungeon? no, no, yeah. You, you can go right back to the... Once you clear each floor, you can go back to that floor anytime you want. Oh, cool. It's going to be procedurally generated, so it's going to look different. The yeah. layout's going to be different, but... It really reminded me of, like, the... Not 19... Maybe 1995, like, that maze screensaver. Mm. Do you remember that? So it was like it went different ways. Oh, yeah. And turned. It, that's what that game reminded me of. That's so bizarre. They're nothing it, alike. It kind of, except you put some enemies in there. Okay. Well, like the proge- like the layout of some of the stuff. Because okay. it is procedurally generated for both. Yeah. Well, Dark Cloud's a really great game. Really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to playing the second one. Also an outstanding soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I frequent this one uh, pretty often at work. Number three, I've told this story probably three dozen times on the episode or on the, on the podcast, Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Yes. One of the best licensed games ever and one of the greatest Christmas miracles I've ever experienced as a young kid mm-hmm. was when my mom um, was the true hero, the true MVP. She got a PS2 even though she told me she wasn't going to be able to afford it. She got a copy of Return of the King, two controllers. My sister and I co-op that game and uh, it was a beautiful experience. Yeah. No, that game was a lot of fun. I think we had it on the GameCube. Okay. The inferior version. Whoa, GameCube is one of the best consoles ever. You're wrong. You love the GameCube. I know, I Get do. off your high horse <laughs> of your PS2 and suck it. Yeah, no, I love the GameCube. It's probably, I don't know, we should do a top 10 consoles of all time. Consoles? Dude, I'm struggling to speak today? today. I'm really struggling to form sentences. I need to, just let me get some of this power right real quick. You also need, is it like you're too caffeinated? You're at the, like... Mm. Because there's an equilibrium of caffeination to water ratio. There is, yeah. You're past that point. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. Number two. Ho ho. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, so good. So I've good. probably played this game for like 200 hours. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. For the number hours. of sleepovers I had with my buddies, and we would just move all of the maps over and just play all of them. Yeah. All of them through, or just do Moss Eisley, like, 40 Hero times. Battle. Yeah. And uh, were you? did you prefer the heroes or the villains? Probably villains. Yeah. Um, Ayla Sakura was really overpowered because she had the two lightsabers. That or Darth Maul just freaking running across the map and doing your, like, little buzzsaw thing. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, you could get a 
perfect KO if you choked with Palpatine and then switched to lightning. So you're choking him to death while you're electrocuting him. Um, yeah, I also, I didn't really play any of the shooter guys. Like, Boba Fett was fun. Yeah. Um, but against some of the force powers. Didn't you- they have Boba and Jango as playable characters? Yes. That's yeah. so weird. One had trip mines and one had something else. I think bombs that exploded over time and one was like detonating. Yeah. yeah. You're turning sideways again when you're talking. Yeah, my bad. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a, I mean, what do I need to say that hasn't already been said on this podcast or elsewhere? Star Wars Battlefront 2 is an absolutely incredible game and it's really criminal how it turned out on the modern consoles. Thanks, EA. Yeah, screw you guys. Did you, you see that um, there's loot box legislation that's going I did see Congress that. potentially? That's wild. Probably because there's people that have literal like addictions to it yeah so it passed in some european countries others said that loot boxes were not gambling like germany and stuff well i think it's a really big issue and dean fellow irishman let us know what's up over there across the pond but i'm pretty sure it's a really big deal with sports games like fifa it is well they made like close to a billion dollars last year just in microtransactions on fifa that's i think ryan was saying it was like 800 million wow yeah i mean gambling is like I, we both have addictive personalities. We do. I. That's why I stay away from most of those kind of things. And I hate sports games. But like, I could definitely see myself falling into a rut. Can you imagine if there was a, um, because there was the poor Star Wars battle, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, that little turn. Which game. I had to stop because I did fall in that rut. Yeah. If there was like a Harry Potter one for that, or if they had the Marvel one that came out. I'm can you like, imagine a Lord of the Rings, uh, Galaxy of Heroes? Gosh, anything. Like, that's, I really loved that setup. The problem, it, it became such a time thing. It was. I mean, when I was working at my previous employer, I would take bathroom breaks like every three hours so that I could go in, use my credits, make sure all my guys got leveled up. And then there were, there were so many new raids. So you had the tank raid, you had um, General Grievous raid, you had the new Sith raid, then you had conquests that came out. And I was like, this is like a three-hour commitment per day. I mean, it was every day or and then I ended up getting booted from my guild because they're like, you don't spend enough time. I was like, how about you go screw yourself? I have a job. I mean, it was basically an MMO. And then you had like that kind of guild mentality that I mean, that kind of you're letting the team down is what make forces people to further put in money because you can't keep up time wise. So time is money. Mm -hmm. And then you just put that in. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm done with this. And then I went back. I actually uh, re not re downloaded, but went on. I think they call it relapse, Ryan. What we refer to it on the podcast (laughs) as. Yeah, no, I went back in. They had really cool. They had Darth Revan, Darth Malak. And if no, the reason that matters is because EA had to. No, Rusty. This is the reason why that's a big freaking deal. Yeah. So the reason it matters is because for each one of those characters, the process for EA to put it in that game. They had to go to LucasArts and get it approved that this they could say that this character was canon. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they did Knights of the Old Republic characters in this game makes them canon. So Revan, Darth Malak, and all those side characters of like Knights of the Old Republic 2 games mm-hmm. are canon. That which is why game. it's actually a thing. Rusty. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, number one, Ryan, can you make uh, a guess as to what my favorite PS1 ga- or PS2 game of all time is? I don't know the library well. Battlefront 1. 
Ryan. I'm just kidding. My favorite PS2 game. What game was on the PS2? Kingdom Hearts 1. Yeah, come on now. So yeah, I don't even need to say anything about that game. It's my favorite. It was my favorite game for 17 years. Most of your life. Yeah. Since it came out to a couple weeks ago. Yeah, until Last, last week. of Us dethroned of it. Dethroned, dethroned. of it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk, dude. We're moving on. The PSP chronologically came out next, so. Yeah. Uh, I have games. When did you get this console? When it originally came out. Yeah? Yeah. Did you buy it with your own money? Yes, I did. Of course I did. The only... I mean, I got the GameCube for Christmas. And I think I got a... Another Nintendo console. I think I got a... Maybe a Game Boy Color and a uh, DS as a gift. I think those are the only consoles. But, like, as far as me buying a PSP or SP, whatever the flippy square one was game boy advance sp sp i bought that one xbox xbox 360 ps3 ps4 myself game boy just regular i bought in okay we don't need a whole life story here ryan what was the first game you got through psp (laughs) uh i don't know about the first one i have five i actually went to my parents yesterday and took a picture of all my games okay and i only i found five in my drawer um it might have been Battlefront 2, I think. Okay. Yeah, that was the first game I ever got. Nice. So I might have told this story in the podcast, but I bought a Nintendo DS, the fat one, for my buddy with Ridge Racer, Super Mario 64 DS, and Asphalt 3D, I think, were the three games I got from him because he was a big racing fan. And I subsequently bought, of course, like Madden 2005, WarioWare Touched, a couple other games... I think I got Need for Speed, Underground 2, or whatever that was dubbed as on the DS. A whole slew of games, but then a year later when the PSP came out, because he got it, I was like, holy crap, that's basically a handheld PS2. I need this. Yeah. I ended up selling my Nintendo DS to GameStop in 10, 15 games, however many I had, and only got like 100 bucks or something like that. That's even high. And the PSP retailed for 250 or yeah. 249 and of course, I needed to get a memory card, a game, and by then you're looking at like 350 bucks. Yep. So it was just after Christmas. I got a $50 Walmart gift card from, I think, my sister's godfather or something like that. Okay. So I saved up enough Christmas money, traded in the DS, was able to get the console from GameStop. And I was like, okay, thanks, bye. And they're like, aren't you going to get any games for that? And I was like, oh, no, I have a Walmart gift card. I plan this. <laughs> so then I went over to Walmart and... Naturally, the first game that I got was Virtual Tennis, Virtual Tennis World Tour. And that's the one you play with your dad. Or that was the golf. Yeah, that was Hot Shots Golf Open Tee. Yeah. Wait your turn, Ryan. That game's coming. Okay. <laughs> so Virtual Tennis World Tour couldn't have been a better game for me to start the console with. First of all, graphically, it actually looked pretty impressive. And it was really good times because my cousin Rob, who actually is starting to listen to the podcast. So what's, what's up, up, Rob? Rob? He, uh, warden of the North, <laughs> <laughs> he came over one time King of the North. for Christmas or it was like, yeah, during the holiday season and we were just passing the console back and forth playing different tennis matches. Yeah. And it was interesting because you had a male and female that you created the characters mm. and you kind of rose the, to the ranks of being the greatest tennis player in the nice. world. So you of course played like the Australian open, the British, o- I don't even know tennis. British, the- Australian, US. US. Yeah. So you played all those famous matches, but leading up to that, of course, you were just going all over the globe nice. playing different matches. And there were a lot of mini games to make your pick character's stats better and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like steroids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Popping the pills. Um, Extra oxygen in the bloodstream like oh, the yeah. bikers mm-hmm. do. Yeah. 
the whole nine. Really great game. Really glad that I uh, got that with the console. So, so did you ever, I don't know if it's considered modding, but did you ever put, like what I did, Max and I, because this is, oh gosh, this is middle school, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So this was the time, like I was a very sheltered kid with the internet and like I wasn't allowed. My mom had to sign me on and like I had like a limited amount of things that I could see. And uh, did you ever mod your thing and put Windows Vista on your uh, PSP? <laughs> this is your first, uh, this is when you first started looking at nude photos of... Funny story about that. So, women. like, actually, I, I downloaded an operating system onto my PSP. Yeah. So I could go in, like, have internet, Word, and stuff. And then there was also Gosh, a lot just, of... You're not having enough boners in sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, I had know, so up the ante. So, like, you could play chess, checkers, like a... Oh, I so like this is where we're going. Your games. You have access to the entire internet, and Ryan plays checkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was kind of a loser, and I was also the checker champion of my third grade class. Hell yeah, you were. So I had to win against Mitchell Lothis. I was going to say something, but I shouldn't. Say, yeah. yeah. Keep going. I beat him in the championship, and I was just loathed by... Yeah. We had a, a duel off, I guess, of checkers. Yeah. So anyway... I there was like forty mini games that you could do, but like my friend and I, this is the yeah, this is the time that we're like, oh, we're changing. Like, what is this? What are boobs? And like, we ended up getting like, we were in his room. The internet was crap, and we would stand on his bed because there was like a specific corner of the room oh my that had better internet. We both had our PSPs that we had like booted operating systems on, and we were like trying to Google stuff. <laughs> Holding it up to the sky yeah, like the satellite. Like standing there, we're like, okay, you got it? Because I was taller than he was, so like I, I had the PSP. And <laughs> Can you was, imagine if the parents came in and were like, like, what the are hell you guys doing? doing? No, it was just us in the room for like a couple hours. They're like, what is, should we check on them? The door's closed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good times. So wait, did you actually get any uh, nude photos rendered on your PSP? Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, the internet was not that terrible. Yeah. But yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> What's your number five? Uh, my number five was Medal of Honor Heroes. That was a good one. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, Tough to play with the, the little terrible little yeah, that's, join I mean, for thing. most of those, um, Battlefront 2, I tried to go back and play because I wanted to see how... Oh, it was. it's really pixelated. And moving around, like... I mean, there's so many pixels that you can see, so when you move left a little bit, you, like, scroll all the way to the left, and you're like, dude, I'm, like, three sa- or like 180 from what I wanted to see. So, yeah. Yeah. Medal of Honor Heroes, I played a lot of uh, just, I guess, versus Sims, mm-hmm. kind of like you on that other game. Um, Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark, yeah. So, yeah, no, I really like that game. A lot of cool maps. I don't remember if there was a story mode. I think there, yeah, there was. Um, they kind of played like the, you battling other characters or simulants. Yeah. I mean, so. it was, you're an average world war two shooter. Yeah. I played call of duty. I don't know what the subtitle was for that game, but I played that on the, uh, the PSP and it was all right. I mean, again, those games are really tough to control, but for what yeah. they are, they're enjoyable little shooters. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your number five? Uh, YRD, if you were listening, I was virtual tennis world tour. Oh, actually. I thought that was... I thought that was you just telling about your first experience. No, that was number five for me. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So number four was, I just put them both both together, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh. And there was also Liberty City. Liberty City Stories, Vice City yeah. Stories. Those were so great. Yeah. And I had to, I don't know how I got a hold of these, 
Yeah. Like, there's no way my mom would have let me play these. No. Because I was just shooting down people and like I was running people no one over plays my the story car. in those games. Yeah. Like I was just putting nice cars in my garage and uh, killing everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like those are... real life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another day in the office. Some days. Yeah. It feels like it. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed those games too. Uh, I didn't even think about putting them on my list, but yeah, those I think, are was, honorable is mentions. Liberty, it doesn't really matter. One of them, you could actually buy uh, properties around and upgrade. I think and that like, was Vice more... City. Okay. So that one was a lot of fun. I really like buying and renovating and getting income. Like Nino Kuni 2. Yeah. That's why I've like obsessed with that game for a while. Yeah. Number four for me is a little game called Loco Roco. You got that one? Yeah. I I wanted that one so bad. I just didn't have the money for it. You never... But you played I've it. I've never played Roco, Loco Roco. I've just what? loved it from a distance. You just like the music? I've just ogled it and like from across the street. and like Oh my gosh. You gotta play it on the PS4. You can get it for like seven bucks. Yeah, I need to play it. Oh, some of the most ridiculous, crazy music. All these little kids... Just little blobs. Screaming around. Or it has like this very cool... <laughs> That's what I love. Just screaming children. <laughs> no, full. Okay, I love the t- to hear burning children. No, we're pulling this up right. That's now. a reference to Game of Thrones. It's kind of if you take that out of context, it sounds bad. <laughs> PSP song. We're pulling the music because there's no way to describe this to do it justice. So I'm trying to think what other. <laughs> It's so crazy. It's very Japanese. Are they saying words? No, it's just gibberish. <laughs> okay, you're gonna... It's like something you'd hear in jail to torture people. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Or yeah. watching blobs. But so the concept of this game things. is you control these little blobs by using the left and R buttons, or the L and R buttons, and you're this blob, and you can eat a local roco, and as you eat more of, I don't even know what it is. Other blobs. Other blobs. You get larger, and you're just like this Some giant blob, blob that rolls through this level. And then you can break up to a million pieces to fit through like little crevices to get through the, the level successfully. Yeah. So is it just puzzles or are there enemies that kill blobs? I don't even remember. I just remember it being just it's a adorable. weird, bizarre, adorable little adventure. Yeah. Like Peggles. <laughs> yeah, like Peggles. But yeah, Local Roco is a really just absurd game and highly recommend. You can probably get it for dirt cheap these days. Yeah. You can get it on the PS4. Trophy support. Nice. Which number four? Mine, I just said Grand Theft Auto, so you weren't oh, listening. That's right. So, uh, my number three was, I put Battlefront 2. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I had it on the Xbox. Um, so, that's where I spent the majority of my time was playing it on Xbox, but being able to have it as a handheld was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. I didn't get all the upgrades to all the troops, but I tried to get most of them. I was... The last thing I kind of stalled on was the sniper because the what the sight was so tiny and it, yeah, but yeah it was oh my gosh being able to play heroes on the go and ship battles was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I actually never had Battlefront two on the PSP. My friend did, so I played it on his quite a bit. But uh, yeah, nice, cool. My number three is Ease Oath and Felgana, which was a remake of Wander of Ease 
on the Super Nintendo and Turbo Graphics, I want to say. I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> so don't look for me for help. Like, no, it's a top-down action RPG. The uh, look you gave me was like, dude, come on, help me remember this. I was like, dude, you said a lot of words there that I just tuned out because I don't know any of them. <laughs> uh, no, it's a really great action RPG. I would have never known about this series of games if it wasn't for Johnny Millennium, Happy Console Gamer on YouTube. Um, but yeah, E7 I've talked about on the podcast. That's more of a... Um, Behind, behind the back uh, action RPG. But Ezo from Felgan is kind of a top-down bird's-eye view of this character named Adol. And you just hack and slash enemies. The music is terrific. It's really... It's, when you first... When you hear about it, if someone told you, like, hey, it's like hair metal guitar solos as you're running through these dungeons ripping through enemies. That sounds like a good soundtrack. For... But when you're actually playing it, it's like, yeah, I, I couldn't see any other music fitting through the, in this game. Maybe local Roco music. <laughs> yeah, close no. second. But... No. Um, yeah, Ezoth and Felgana is terrific. Uh, Chronicles 1 and 2 on the PSP, not as highly recommended, but um, E7 or Oath and Felgana, you can't go wrong. But I'd, I would say Oath and Felgana is the better game. Nice. So, great little action RPG. What's your next one? My next one is Ace Combat. What? Yeah, the... Uh, like the flight, flight simulators? Yeah, flight simulator. It was a lot of fun. Um, it's the first kind of game that I've ever played like that. Uh-huh. Um, you could collect a lot of different ships, and then there was this like final ship that like it was super high tech. It was kind of like almost like a spaceship, and it launched nukes. And yeah, I had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah. It was actual. I mean, you were fighting other ships. It was kind of dogfighting. Right? Yeah, it was dogfighting. Okay, yeah, cool. it was a lot of fun. Okay, it, I've actually never it, played one of those games. It handled really well on the PS. That's good because I mean those games are really hit or miss. Cause yeah, because you be, flip around because you're yeah you can roll a bunch of different ways and it can be kind of too complicated and complex with the buttons so no this they simplified it okay and it played really well my number two is crisis core final fantasy 7 cool it and again plot i don't know anything but you play as a dude named zach you don't play as cloud okay but you do get to fight sephiroth nice and it has this weird first of all it's an action rpg so it plays more like kingdom hearts than anything but yeah. there's also this weird um what are those things that you pull the lever in um, casinos? Uh, slot machine? Slot machine. It has like this slot machine mechanic where these three things line up and you get different power-ups and stuff like that. That's interesting. Yeah. But it's a great... Is it better than the card system in Chain of Memories? Yeah, F that. Get that garbage out I of should here. really like that, but like, I know you didn't. No, you're not really collecting stuff. It's more just as you're fighting these enemies, this, this little lever gets triggered and you get power-ups that way. Okay. Cool. But it's a really great um, action RPG. You go back to kind of your hub world, and you go out on these different missions. And there's a lot of missions to complete. So you can do the bare bones and just go through the storyline. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to grind quite a bit, then you can do a lot of these other optional side quests. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah. My number two. Which number one? My number one is Bounty Hounds. What? Yeah. So you should look it up. It was a ton of fun. So there were... I think two full plot lines that you can go through. You're basically, I don't know, it's like a hack and slash. You have different melee weapons and you have gun weapons that you can use. And you're just hacking through aliens and look at the pictures. Is that yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. Look at those graphics. Mm. It's like muddy water. Yeah, so, I mean, you're fighting a bunch of robots. You're in like a cool, like, alien suit. Um, different types of melee weapons. So there was like a, a mace, a sword, um, a lot of different <laughs> armors. There's not like, I mean, 
I want to listen. I want to stop everything I'm doing right now and play that. As you should. I mean, it's the number one game. I mean, it got a seven on IGN, so. I ended up getting to the final boss and I could never beat him. But looking back, I sucked at a lot of games. Yeah, you did. Um, that more competent adult Ryan could now It kind of almost looks MMO-ish. It is. Yeah. So Max and I would play that together. and we'd Look at the through. draw distances there. That is really bad. <laughs> That's terrible, That's man. That's so bad. Yeah, but you got... That's not that. That's not it? That's the newer game. That one's that. Yeah. Okay, you think... Yeah, that's a newer one. Hmm. There's a new... New Bounty, Bounty Hounds. Hounds on PC, Ryan. Okay, well, I need. I don't have a PC. Bounty Hounds Online, that's actually a thing. That's interesting. I'm surprised it's alive still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's my number one. It, it was a lot of fun back then. Yeah. It's a, just a looter shooter kind of thing. Looter shooter. My number one is Hot Shots Golf Open T. I'm not surprised I'm at all. Absolutely obsessed with these games, particularly playing them with my father. So, back in the day on the PS2, and we'll get to this. Actually, no. You already got to we it. We got my PS2. Hot Shots Golf was not on my top five list, but my dad and I would all the time play Hot Shots Golf 3 and 4. I remember coming home from school, and if my dad wasn't working out, I knew he was playing Hot Shots Golf in the basement. Nice. And he was always playing tournaments and stuff. And he stole my PSP so much to play this game. I. I eventually said, Dad, I'm done. I want to play my PSP, and you're always playing it. And he was like, okay, well, well, you think I should get one? And I'm like, let's go to GameStop. And we went to GameStop, and he didn't He didn't put up a you fight. You had to kind of influence your dad that I am to you and Lauren. Yeah. Uh, he should I get a PS4? You should get a PS4. Tonight. Yeah, that was a good time. All right. Uh, so, yeah, we went to uh, GameStop at the mall. Nice. Across the, the road here. Those still exist, kind of. And uh, it's going downhill fast. Yeah. But anyways, we got a PSP, we got him Hot Shots Golf, and we would just play um, ad hoc multiplayer all the time against each other. Really mm. good times. I remember going on vacations, and whether we were on the airplane or sitting by the pool, we were playing Hot Shots Golf. Nice. So, really good times. It makes me really want a Switch golf game, like another Mario Golf. Well, there's Golf Story, but it's more of an RPG. No, I don't want that. I yeah. want like a Mario Golf, like the one on uh, GameCube. Yeah, me too. What is it? Toadstool Tour? <laughs> yeah. Such a fun game. The music is so great in that, those games. It holds up really well. You hear the birds in the background too, just doing Yeah, I was trying things. to get all the characters. You had to get, I think, birdies on all, like the entire course for one of them to unlock a character. Oh my gosh. I got to the ninth hole. And I didn't. I got a par, and I about threw my controller, and I rage quit. <laughs> Sucks to suck, man. Because you could get Boo, you could get Baby, or I think Shadow Mario, or like Baby Bowser you could get. Mm-hmm. And I ended up not unlocking any because I sucked at getting wow. nine No, birdies. let's see what the um... requirements to get them. Yeah, let's go to Game Facts, Game FAQs. Yeah, I was going to, I went to Cheat CC to understand all of them back in the J. Back in the, the J. J? Back in the J. Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Cheat codes. <laughs> Up, down. C-stick. All right, cheats. Um, unlock stages, unlockables, tournament, turn on. Characters. Unlock characters. Boo. Get 50 best badges. I don't know what that means. Bowser Jr. Complete the birdie challenge. Front nine, back nine, and all 18. It sucked. That's That's tough. PD Piranha, complete all side games besides Birdie Challenge on Beginner, Intermediate, and Expert. 
Shadow Mario. That's an actual thing. I thought you were just pulling that out of thin air. Complete ring shot mode. Dude, I make up a lot of things, but Shadow Mario being on freaking golf on GameCube is not, not one, one of them. them. Okay, good stuff. Well, we're going to have to do that someday. I need to find that game because I would happily hook up my GameCube in my apartment. That'd be, fun, that'd be fun times. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, that's the PSP. Some honorable mentions for myself. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. While I do like it quite a bit, I am not as in love with it as most people are. Mm-hmm. Coded Arms is another really weird, futuristic first-person shooter that I liked quite a bit. My friend had that game. Some other games, trying to think. Uh, Pursuit Force was a really fun game. You kind of were a cop jumping from vehicle to vehicle doing cop things. <laughs> That's what cops do. They're specifically <laughs> known from jumping from vehicle to vehicle doing cop things. Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition. Great game. And there's a few steps involved. Uh, Need for Speed Underground. Great game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's all I got. Okay, I thought you had a longer list. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think off the top of my head. PS3, Ryan, let's do it. All right. Number five. So I actually went, or had my mom send me a picture of all my PS3 uh, games. I had 23 in total. Whoa. Um, I, I love physical copies of games, especially like keeping the ones that I really enjoyed. Um, so my first, or my fifth one is Infamous. That was a fun game. It was a lot of fun. Same people who made Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, flying around with electricity. I usually turned bad, so I got like red lightning opposed to blue lightning. Mm. And you could just fry people alive, which is like one of my hopes and dreams for what I can do in the future. So what what is your number five? Okay, that's a questionable uh, <laughs> Yeah, we'll revisit that one. Future endeavor. In therapy. Uh, my number five. Okay, so preface this by saying I did not play a lot on the ps3 i actually forgot completely that i played infamous um that's another game i played in northern area door okay cool i never finished it i got to the very end and i just rage quit because i i just remember some boss fight or glitched out or something yeah no so i think you were in like a i don't know how i'd even describe that like an open area that kind of depleted down to our center area and he had lightning as well yeah if i remember correctly yeah i just remember struggling with that part so mine is a game that it's kind of just here because I haven't played enough games on the system. It's not something I'm over the moon about. I'm probably never going to play it again. That's Eco. What the heck is Eco? So it's Pete Doerr's favorite game of all time, so you should know about I it. I swear I looked this up, but it's so unmemorable. You play as this dude who has to escort this young girl named Yorda out of this kingdom. Oh, is this the, like, um, is it umbrella-looking thing? No, that's Journey. Oh, okay. Never mind. Eco came out on the PS2 originally, but I played it the remastered version on PS3. Eco. It's kind of this glorified uh, escort mission. So, like, um, as great as Last of Us and God of War? Not even close. <laughs> Eco game on PS3. It's just really kind of clunky. It doesn't control well. A lot of the puzzle solving is really uninspired and not interesting to me. What the heck is this? And a lot of the... The, there's one moment in particular where you have to jump over this like little ledge thing that was just infuriating. Like I almost put the game down and never came back because of this one moment. Oh. Well, there were a few different moments that were frustrating, but... That looks weird. Yeah. Not a good time for me. I mean, it's, yeah. it's okay. I made it on this list, of course, but it's not something I would 
revisit every year, like Pete probably does. Nice. Sorry, Pete. Number four? Yeah, number four. Borderlands 2. Nice. I had a ton of fun. I I mean, I loved the last boss, which was like this fire demon at the edge of like this fire lake. Um, farming him up. There are some optional things that you could farm. Uh, I did a bit of co-op. I forget when I played this game. Maybe high school? Is that high school timing that PS3 was? Yeah. Okay. I did some co-oping. Maybe with Lauren. That's probably who it was. She made her own character, and she played through it as well. So we'd co-op some of these bosses. But she sucked, and uh, we didn't get really far in the looter uh, end game. But I'm. it makes me really... Just looking at the case and everything makes me excited for Borderlands 3. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Number four for me, I know remember nothing about. I just remember <laughs> being an enjoyable first-person shooter. Cool. And that's Killzone 2. I've never played one. They're Killzone. really tight, uh, you know, mechanics as far as shooting goes. It's, this is going to be a stupid question. Is that Ghost Recon thing Killzone? No, those are two completely different properties. Oh, they are? Yeah, Ghost okay. Recon's Tom Clancy. Okay. And Killzone is its own property. Is that the one with, like, the masked dude with yeah. red eyes? Yeah, the Hellgast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was good times. I mean, another Killzone game I enjoyed immensely that I'll talk about later on a different console. But Killzone 2 was just... <laughs> if I remember nothing about it, clearly there's nothing to write home about. Yeah. But I enjoyed it for what it was. Good first-person shooter. Cool. I think cool. I came back from like for Christmas break one time and played through it. Yeah. So. I'd, I, I'm i trying to think. Is that kind of like a Halo style or is that a Wolfenstein-style shooter? I would compare it more to Wolfenstein um, Call of Duty. Okay. Than I would Halo. Because, I mean, you're... Halo's aliens, but... Yeah. Okay, cool. That sounds like fun. Number three. My number three is Resistance 3. Oh, mine's Resistance 2. My favorite shooter of all times, I'd have to say. Whoa. You even played Perfect Dark, so calm down. I've watched you play Perfect Dark, and after watching some of the sniper logic... (laughs) Yeah. Not a good thing. All right, talk about Resistance 3. Sell me on this Resistance 3, um, it is the final one. The first one we played through mostly. We played through the second one, too, most of it. Did we really? That's why it's on my list. No, we didn't. Yeah, we did. When? Where was I? <laughs> was I involved in this? Clearly, mentally, you were not there. I'm trying to think. All I remember was... Did we really? We did. Were you recovered? What's that? No, we didn't. We never played through this. Bro, I remember. <laughs> Just remember. as the North does. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I guess I guess I had that experience that yeah. I completely <laughs> blotted out. <laughs> wow, I feel I, so I loved and appreciated. Yeah. There's times I just tune out. Yeah. No, um, yeah, so this is the final one. You're not dealing with the main character of the first two. You're kind of a survivor after this. You're part of the resistance, I guess. Um, uh, living, co-inhabiting with these aliens. Um, you're, there's still a threat and everything, but you're trying to kind of live. And um, you go through this mission, you deal with a character who's very much like Negan from The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. Kind of um, authoritative just, dictator guy. Just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of unique guns. You get the, um, I think it's like a needler kind of thing. Um, and all the guns have 
unique properties like the auger sees through walls the sniper does snipery things you get a sledgehammer you get one that freezes people and then you can shoot a sound wave at them and they explode into ice shards nice you can poison people yeah it's just a really unique weapon um and allows for so many different types of interactions Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's amazing it's better than halo in my opinion we might as well just say your number two. I mean, I said Resistance 2 is my number three, but that was more just for the co-op experience with you and unique weapons. So Skyrim, this is the console that I played Okay. Skyrim on, mostly. Um, uh, we've talked Skyrim to death, but this is my like crazy saves are the ones that I did on the PS3. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. My number two is God of War 3. Really? Nice. Yeah. I really enjoyed it when I first played it back then. Revisiting it, not so much. Uh, just because the camera really bothers me and having seen God of War 4, how yeah. far back it is from Kratos, it's almost tough to see what's going on half the time. And uh, well, it was, yeah, it's such a different style than the new one. I mean, it's, they're completely different games, basically. Yeah, that one was like hack and slash, kind of button mash. Mm-hmm. Mm, it rhymes. And the new <laughs> one was a uh, kind of a personal yeah. view. Yeah. But I enjoyed it for yeah, what it was at the time. You need to play that freaking game so I know. we can so talk about it. Huge shout out to my friend, Charlie. He's been a big supporter of the show since we started it. I hope he still listens. But he was talking to me yesterday and he was saying like, hey, how far you even got a war? Hey, I'm playing Spyro. Hey, um, I'm a letdown. Yeah, basically. Uh, but he said, are you a big fan of soundtracks and games? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, of course I am. So clearly he stopped listening to the podcast because if he if he did listen consistently, he would know that. I have an unhealthy addiction to game of game soundtracks. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, what's your email? I have a surprise for you. I was like, what? <laughs> he actually bought a uh, copy of the digital soundtrack for the God of War 4 game. Nice. And he sent it to me. So Such a nice guy. Really is. Thank you. Stand up, man. Thank you, Charlie. I will be sure to listen to that probably obsessively after I play through God of War. Looking forward to it. But God of War 3 was an all right experience. Yeah, I actually have a few things, honorable mentions. I can go through those real quick. Do it. God of War 3 was one. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood was a really good one, which yes. you played. Uh, the original Destiny, um, Rage, the first one. Oh, I always wanted to play that. It was a lot of fun. I just gambled for most of my time. Playing. <laughs> Talking of potential addicting personalities and gambling. Yeah. Um, there was this little, like, bedding thing that you could do in one of the towns uh-huh. and I, I mean you could upgrade your guns and things but like to gamble and get a lot of money to do like fire shotgun like flamethrower shotgun bullets yeah it made the game really easy after that but i gambled for hours and i made a crap ton of money because it in most of those games it makes more sense based off the odds to do the highest amount of money you put in and over a expended like a longer sample size, you get the most return doing that because mm-hmm. you you lose like two and you win three. So over time, or depending on how they do the odds, but when you go into a higher difficulty, the odds actually get worse. So I didn't want to play into those because I wanted to gamble my into victory. <laughs> well, it's like my grandma Thelma used to say: to gamble, Ryan, is to live. I yeah, th- those are wise words. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even have a grandma Thelma. <laughs> Thelma was she the Thalmor from Skyrim? Sure, I don't know. She was an elf. What's your number one? She Ryan? really hated the Nords. Um, my no no no. So I have another one: Prototype Two and Prototype One. 
Oh, I never played those. Those were great. I'm trying to look. I had Kingdom Hearts 1.5, which I'd never played past Destiny Island. Good. I had two copies of Glad Oblivion. Glad I gave the picture. Yeah. Uh, the Burnout series. Oh, Burnout yeah. Paradise was games. a lot of fun. Um, I had Bioshock 2. Um, the full Mass Effect tr- like trilogy. I'm trying to think. Did you ever play the PlayStation All-Star Battle Royale? Yes. That's actually one of my hopes and dreams for PlayStation 5 as they revisit that. It was a lot of fun. It, it was. It wasn't the same as Smash. It can't even be put on the same pedestal, even, not even close, close to Smash. Yeah. But I thought it was an admirable admirable attempt to create that with PlayStation characters. Because wasn't there like a ragdoll dude? There was like a dude kill zone guy. Yeah, the Hellgas guy was there. Kratos was in there. Uh, Nathan Drake. Um, I think Sly Cooper might have been in there. Jack and Daxter or something like that. Yeah. Ratchet maybe. It's um, worth picking up because I think I have my PS3 at my apartment. So It'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my number one was Uncharted 3. Really? Okay, so mine was two. Okay. Uncharted 2. And I think for reasons that we don't even need to go into details yeah. about. I mean, Uncharted are amazing. Play yeah, they're them. great story-driven experiences with one of the best um, realized cast of characters in all of video games, I think. Yeah. So Do I'm going to talk about the PlayStation Vita now. Okay, I did not play this. A couple uh, honorable mentions here. Uh, Muramasa Rebirth is this really beautiful-looking kind of hack and slash type game okay uh that's what i would guess from muramasa it was originally on the ps3 is ported to the psp yes is it a japanese game yes okay. ease memories of Celseta, another ease game uh plays some more similar to e7 than it does ease oath and Philgana. and ragnarok odyssey which is kind of a monster hunter god eater type of game uh just monster kind of a odyssey action Wait, rpg what do you say i monster hunter odyssey <laughs> no ragnarok <laughs> odyssey yeah Ragnarok Odyssey Ace Yeah PSV Gotta love those Exceed games Really miss that developer mm. Or publisher I guess you should say You pulled up Yeah It looks cool Yeah It kinda does look like Monster Hunter mm-hmm. Nice You get to create your class And all that good stuff And go on tons of missions And Oh I love that Creating class Beat people what up What were you? I don't remember. It's been so long since I played that game. Come on, man. You call yourself a Ragnarok Odyssey fan. (laughs) (laughs) Only mildly, Ryan. Only on the weekends. There was... Oh, gosh. I don't remember what this game was called, but there was a really cool top-down kind of dungeon crawler on PSP that... Untold Legends. No, it's... I loved Untold Legends, and I ended up buying it again. But there was another really good one where you... You played as different classes, and then you could go through a different skill tree of different classes. So I was the mage guy, and I became, like, this dark warlock, Satan's master. Like, these class names are just out of the world. Like, uh, yeah, insane. just wild. Yeah. So okay. I'll have to figure out what that is, because I really want to play that game. I ended up borrowing it from one of my friends. For some reason, I'm thinking Dungeon Siege. Dungeon Siege. Is that a game on the PSP? I don't know. Dungeon. It sounds familiar. Siege. Yeah, it's kind of a similar game. Probably not the game you're thinking of, but it's still a top-down Diablo-like game. Heroes of Rune on the 3DS. What's up? Dungeon Siege PSP. Yeah, I mean, this is exactly like that. Oh, this is probably it. Yeah. Let's see, Mage. Throne of Agony. What a name. That's it. Oh my gosh, I need Throne of Agony. Hell yeah, what's up? 
Good thing I'm in the family now. <laughs> okay, we can keep you. <laughs> we were taught you like kinked your neck yesterday. I was like, yeah, maybe Lauren's probably gonna just take you out back and shoot you because you have no return value. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're just a depreciating asset. <laughs> <laughs> I have been for a long time, Ryan. Yeah. Number Since five on my PlayStation Vita is Reverie, a game I played last year. Got got it off of Play Asia. This really great little um, adventure game, very reminiscent of old Zelda, like Legend of Zelda: Link to the Past, but just infused with Earthbound vibes for days. Really bizarre. You play as this young boy who goes to visit his grandparents, and you go on this wild little adventure around this world that's very New Zealand inspired, and it's unashamedly so because the developers are from New Zealand. And they kind of just had all these like cool little nods to New Zealand in the game. Lots of fun. Not a game I'd probably replay multiple times. But uh, for the six to seven hours that I played beating it, it was good times. What was the name of the game? Reverie. Sorry, I wasn't really listening. Yeah, you're playing Dungeon Seeds over there. No, I, I was writing it down because I'm definitely going to have to order this. Hold on, let's check out. This game is probably like seven bucks on eBay. Yeah. I can order you a copy right now. Yeah, I was like, hey, Lauren, can you? Because you have that spreadsheet because I owe you couple thousand dollars um i was like can you tally it up and stuff she's like well i i she delayed it it's lauren's fault i was gonna bring over a check lauren so she forgot her work computer um 1391 complete in box with manual let's see mage mage question here it is ryan best class dungeon siege i can't believe i got that on the first try I feel kind of special for my, about myself. Yeah. I was like level 60. Number four on my PlayStation Vita list. Wait, did you order it? No, do you want me to? It's, hell yeah. I'll order it after the podcast. Okay. It's My computer's going to explode. It, yeah, fair enough. Number four, Uncharted Golden Abyss. Not the best Uncharted. I'd actually probably put it below the first game. But to play Uncharted portably on the go, it was good times. Didn't really need to happen, but it showcased the... The, uh, the possibilities of the Vita, all the different touchscreen functionality, really well. And it actually looked... Okay, nothing to write home about either. Number three is a game to absolutely write home about, and that's Ry- Rayman. Rayman. Ray. <laughs> Rayman Origins. Okay. It is such a wacky, you know, direction to take Rayman, especially after its 3D adventures on the N64 and PS1. But uh, such a welcome change to go from 3D to back to 2D platforming. Yeah. One of the zaniest soundtracks I've really God, heard. I love zany. It is. That's probably the best word you could use to describe it. And brutally challenging at times. Like there were moments where I wanted to throw my my PlayStation Vita just because some of the the time ju- jumps are just you have to be perfect, frame perfect. Well, just the way that you you hit the X button to jump, yeah, from platform to platform. Sometimes, oh my gosh, but but it it feels so satisfying when you get it right because the music oftentimes is kind of in sync with your platforming and the way you're moving, yeah. And so that makes it a lot more fun. Nice. So really great 2D platformer. You can get it on pretty much any platform nowadays, whether it's PS4, 3, Xbox, you name it. Number two, revisiting this franchise, like I said. I'm a man of my word, Ryan. Cool. Killzone That's Mer- good to know. Killzone Mercenary. Oh, cool. Is that the top-down? No. That was Killzone Liberation on the PSP. Okay. I ripped my headphones out again. Yeah, third time. Yeah. No, Killzone Mercenary was a first-person... Um, Shooter, as the PS3 games were. Okay. And the campaign was, you know, your corridor running from one area to the next, shooting up a bunch of guys. But it was the multiplayer that I absolutely fell in love with. 
I probably pumped dozens of hours into the multiplayer. Do you feel more violent from all these shooter games as a kid? I do. It has had a profound impact on my behavior, both in the workplace and out. Case closed. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> yeah, I played this game a lot online. And it was just really addicting, and it was nice because there was this kind of tight-knit community to the point where there wasn't a bunch of 10-year-old kids running around. Yeah. Plus, there was no voice chat, so it's not like you heard a bunch of kids calling you a whatever kids call other men these days. I don't even know. Um, Nothing that I can say and not add to the explicit rating. That's true. That's very true. Um, I was going to say waifu. (laughs) (laughs) Not really insulting, but okay. Yeah. Um, To some. Yeah, sure. Kills a mercenary. Great first-person shooter, but it's the multiplier that really um, makes my list for that reason alone. Is weeb more insulting? Probably. Okay. Or weeboo? Moving on. My number one, Mofo. PlayStation <laughs> Vita game. Yeah. Hot Shots, Golf, World Invitational. Okay. Really, really on love this game. Systems? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Hot Shots games were meant to be played portably. Mm-hmm. I loved um, Everybody's Golf on PS4. Really great fun. I spent months playing that both online and offline. But uh, to have these games portably is really where it's meant to be played. Mm-hmm. Just because they're... I... I I don't like to brag about a lot of games, but Hot Shots Golf, I am a freaking master. Okay. Yeah. Like <laughs> kind of a big deal. Yeah. I can't be beaten unless I'm playing like the Asian folks. Is that an the IP specifically for uh It is a Sony owned platform. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it would never were, be on Switch. No. They were originally on the PlayStation One, then two and I never played Hot Shots Golf five on the PS3. I heard Out of Bounds was not a great game. But the Ever since they've been, so our only hope for a golf game would be Mario Golf. That's correct. Okay, mm-hmm. that's disappointing. It is, and they're not going to do another Vita or PS handheld Sony. No, game, they so. they're out of that game for sure. Okay, Ryan, you want to start talking about the PS4? I want to go to the bathroom. <laughs> All right, so we'll let's take... save. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. We're back, Ryan. We didn't test. Doesn't matter. Okay, we uh, we're going for it. All right, and we're also here to talk about the PS4. That we are. So our top five games for this beautiful <laughs> console. Okay. So my number four. What? <laughs> I was reading four, thinking five, <laughs> said four. I'm like, why say What's so special <laughs> about four? Okay. Um, wow, there are a lot of fours. Uh, my number five, I put it Spider-Man. Nice. Yeah. My... I could talk about Dark Souls and all of them. Yeah, my number one. Or, <laughs> dude, I'm struggling right now. <laughs> I need my Chipotle burrito. <laughs> I told you I have leftover Chipotle. In there. I'm not eating your day old rice. <laughs> I want my fresh meat. Whoa! First of all, double. hold the rice. Give me some of those pinto beans, and give me some of those fajitas. <laughs> I'm I'm going I'm gonna probably like go outside my comfort zone try guac, in a burrito, yeah maybe just hold everything else and just get a burrito <laughs> with, with guac yeah okay so like last week I was behind someone because I wanted a burrito because I took it was this week actually wow time flies when you're having fun mm-hmm. and uh, so I took Monday off to relax and do nothing and I went to Chipotle at lunch. And this guy in front of me got a burrito, just the tortilla, and guac. That's it. Just, there was no other, like, hey, can you put it in a bowl? Like, can you put it in the side? 
so, ha- so I can build my own. They just wrap that up? Yep. It was just a tortilla with guac in it in a little thing of tin foil. I'm going to get sick. Like, that's just weird. Yeah, there's... I don't know if he took it home to, like, he specifically liked the guac. Like, the girl in front of, like, the reg- register girl, she had no idea how to ring that up. Like, she just, it, like, looked at me as the guy left, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> That's really bizarre. But, yeah. hey, to each their own. We're not judging here. It's the Utah ju- podcast. I was, actually, I was judging because that is a weird... Well, not weird. on this podcast, Ryan, because this is a judge-free zone. Yeah, outside, we're judgmental assholes. Inclusivity on the podcast. Yeah. Number five? This is a safe space. <laughs> it is. Uh, so I have some honorable mentions here. Oh, cool. Nino Kuni 2. God of War, which I haven't played yet. Spider-Man, haven't played that either. And Horizon, hello. Okay, so I have Kingdom Hearts 3. Whoa, that should for sure be in your top five. It's not in your top five, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, is it? I actually forgot about it, so I had my top <laughs> Good. I, I had my top five. And Nino Kuni 2 was on it, and I'm like, I feel like something's missing. And I went over and looked at my PS4 games, I'm like, oh yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3 that I played two months ago that I've been waiting for like 19,000 years for. So I have Kingdom Hearts 3, I have Horizon Zero Dawn, Nino Kuni, and Sekiro. Okay. Are, um, let's see, I can just run through the list of like main heavy hitters. So obviously all the Dark Souls, I didn't really play Witcher 3. I had Neo, um, which is significantly different and inferior to Sekiro. Um, let's see. Skyrim, obviously. Two copies of Skyrim because the... What's the awesome edition with mods and the regular mm-hmm. inferior edition? Um, yeah, so those are the main ones. And Peggles, too. Yeah, Peggles. Uh, my number five is Wolfenstein The New Order. Nice. I've talked about this series to death. I never in a million years thought that I would enjoy... Uh, first-person shooter this much, let alone a Wolfenstein game. Uh, but I really love BJ. He's a great dude. At, at yeah, the, you do. Yeah. Is that is it deal? Is New Order the first one, or is it DLC to the first one? <laughs> I love BJ Blaskowitz, I should say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like BJ the Yellow Dinosaur. Is also another cover that you could do. Yeah. Um, that really Barney? wasn't that really wasn't my where my mind was going with the. the uh, <laughs> we're moving on. All right, Wolfenstein the New Order. Great times. Okay, so there was Barney, Baby Bop, and BJ. <laughs> and there was a, like a yellow dinosaur, a green dinosaur, and a purple dinosaur. What the hell? Who was tripping acid enough to come up with these Listen, characters? we're not talking about the legitimacy of children's shows right now. That's actually where Selena Gomez started, was Barney. Really? She was hanging out with BJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where Brendan Fraser started his career, too. Uh, Wolfenstein the New Order. Really fun game. <laughs> Great first person shooter. Highly recommended. Two BJ yeah. thumbs up. Nice. <laughs> All those thumbs and that. So um you never answer my question. Is that the first one or is that DLC? That's the first one. Old okay. Blood is the DLC, which you oh, need okay. to play. And then New Colossus is the second game, which yeah, I have the second neglected. One. Yes, I have. Um all right, number four. Mm-hmm. Monster Hunter. Yeah, nice. I've talked, I mean, most of these games I've talked to death. Um, I'm really excited for the new DLC that was just announced, for New Monsters. Um, it's the same kind of, it looks like, approach that Horizon's doing, because their DLC was all like a snow area. Mm-hmm. So it looks like there's a, like a deer moose guy. There's a guy who 
is like a shark fin dude who's going through the snow. Um, there was like an upgraded bat guy. So, yeah. Cool. I'm excited to play more of it. And I played, I think, my character 205 hours. Wow. I played like 205 seconds. So, yeah, you probably did. need I to. I think we got to the, um, what was it? The T-Rex dude. Probably. On low rank with you. We'll get there. We'll get back to it. We have to. Monster Hunter World. Yeah. Number four is a little game called Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay. Didn't mean to forget about you. Please don't hate me. What was me. your favorite stage? My favorite world was probably Toy Story, uh, this Toy Story world for nostalgia's sake, mm-hmm. but just for, just for the most fun I had playing was certainly Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts 3, I don't need to see, say anything more about it. Did it live up to my expectations? Not really, but I don't think it ever could have. You know, wait for when you're waiting for a game that long, I think it's inevitably going to disappoint you in some way or another. I think they still did an incredible job, um, including the worlds that they did, mm-hmm. and it looks beautiful. It, As far as combat, it plays better than any of them ever have. Yes. And from a story perspective, I think it was less in your face than the other games, which for the broader audience, I think that's probably a good thing. But I, I think still, like looking back at it, it's still sitting around a 7.5 because of the story. Like, if Spider-Man gets a crap for being front-loaded and end-loaded... Kingdom Hearts gets the most amount of crap for being just purely unloaded. Yeah. But those last couple hours, or like that last scene, or progression, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, exactly what you're saying. Is amazing. It is really great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I loved it for what it was, but it's not on the same pedigree as one and two for me. Nope. So, uh, what's your number three? My number three is Bloodborne. Nice. Um, Great game. It's, It's... Kind of like resistance where you get unique weapons and they have dual uh functionality dual purpose yeah. or functionality. Yeah. We're both struggling with words. I know, it's so weird. Yeah. Um it's probably because I need that but Chipotle burrito. Mm-hmm. And uh um, You still gotta talk about the Eternals, man. It's just bitter. That's gonna be a struggle. You can get your burrito if you want to come back. Okay. Yeah. I, I might have to do that before PS five and Eternals. That's fine. Okay. Because it'll be the me just mumbling out nonsense. Yeah. And talking about Barney. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Bloodborne, I've talked... It's It was my favorite game of all time on our first episode. It's amazing. It's the Renaissance kind of architecture, the Lovecraftian kind of storytelling. It's disturbing. It's scary. It's your fault if you die. But when you succeed in those bosses, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Number three for me is Middle Earth Shadow of War. Nice. It also come as no surprise. I played this for 85 hours last year, and it made it to the final two, I think, in my bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, only losing to Kingdom Hearts. And it was the greatest Lord of the Rings game I could have ever hoped for. I think back in the day when I was playing games like The Two Towers and Return of the King... I was hoping for a story-driven experience like Middle Earth Shadow of War. Do you still have it? Yeah, I have the Game of the Year edition, so you have it the nice. and stuff. Yeah, the original edition, I was actually, when I bought the Shadow of the Colossus, was debating between that or the original copy for $7. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll probably get the Game of the Year edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm already going to give Travis my, my DLC because they basically just repackaged the original game. They didn't actually include the DLC on the disc. It's just a code. Oh, that's stupid. Because I sold my original copy because I beat it, and I was like, I can still get some nice coin for this. And I, I was waiting. I knew they were going to do a Game of the Year edition because they did the same thing for the first one, Shadow yeah. of Mordor. 
So I sold it and I ordered this new one and I'm able to access the DLC because I purchased the DLC when it first came out. Um, but yeah, so I'm just going to give the DLC code to Travis when he ends up getting around to it. Cool. But, uh, but yeah, that's my number three. I can't wait to wait a few years and play through it again. So. Yeah, I'll definitely... I need to play through the first one. I actually loaded it up... I don't know. I was Before Spider-Man, that's what I was originally thinking of doing, mm. was playing through that first one. Because I have the Game of the Year edition for the first Shadow Mordor. Um, but Spider-Man. So yeah, that you probably made the better choice. Yeah. Uh, so my number two is Uncharted 4. Shit. Kingdom Hearts 3, you're out of here. Uncharted 4. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my god, I completely forgot about that. Wow, I'm a horrible person. Yeah. Okay, go. Number two. Yeah, Uncharted 4. Amazing game. Naughty Dog, you're the best. And probably for your number one, Last of Us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you didn't let me say my number two, but that's fine. Okay. Number two is Bloodborne. Bloodborne. For all the reasons you said. Yeah. And number good. one... Wait, you say Last of Us? For yours. No, 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 no. Life of Black Tiger, Ryan. Oh, the remastered <laughs> Flying Squirrel Edition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Last of Us, Dethroned. <laughs> you heard it here. Could remastered Black Tiger beat The Last of Us? I don't know. Is it an escort mission? Could be. Are there zombies? Only if you kill them, the disc and bring it back to life. Okay, what's your number one? I did God of War 4. Oh, yeah, naturally. Yeah, it makes yeah. the most sense. It's along the same lines as Last of Us. It's been so long since I've played The Last of Us, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I play it, it'll probably cement itself back into my lists. Oh, yeah. Well, those are our lists for all of our favorite PlayStation games. Hopefully, you got some new recommendations. Life of Black Tiger, Jack and Daxter, End of the Matrix, Ms. Pac-Man, Mace Madness. You know, check them out. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Bounty Hounds, Throne of Agony. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bounty Hounds and then Dungeon Siege, Throne of Agony. Yeah, the subtitle Bounty of- Hound's Throne of Agony. <laughs> yeah. Um, so listeners came in real strong for uh, writing in on Instagram this week. So if you want to write into the show, you can do so at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram specifically at Ari Lewis 2011 where I post um, a little query every Friday night. Typically, I let people know what the uh, the topic of the show will be so you can kind of Center your question around that. You can really ask us anything. Show appropriate. Anything that makes the show better. All right. So I tasked the listeners with writing in with some of their favorite PlayStation games. And again, you came in real strong. Chronolink91, friend of the show, actually starting a podcast with fellow um, friend of ours. I don't know if he listens to the show. Probably not. Zach, ZRPG. And I'm going to give them a proper shout out right now. Dude, Sophie Turner was on... uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yes, she was. I watched that this morning. All right. I need to watch that. Um, Zach, or no, maybe it's just ZRPG. No, no, no. I think it's under his actual name. I'm going to do this proper because they deserve it. Nice. You're sucking now. (laughs) It's Tarquan. Tarkaron? I don't know how you guys came up with this name, but it's T-A-R-Q-A-R-O-N. All one word. And they're going to start a podcast. Zach and Chronolink. They already have... uh, a spoiler cast review for Avengers Endgame. Oh, cool. Check it out. Chronolink 9. We're going to go in chronological order here. For PS1, he says Final Fantasy 7, Chrono Cross, Inspire the Dragon. Great choices. Final Fantasy 9 is the better game, though. PS2, he says Kingdom Hearts 2, 
one's the better game. Just kidding. <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus and Katamari Damase. Damasi? One of the reviews I was saying was um, that Kingdom Hearts 2 still has the best amount of custom, like, abilities and, like, being able to customize how you went into different battles, opposed to 1 and 3. I could see that. I think it certainly if the world selection is the best in 2. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, good choices there. Ryan and I are going to play Shadow of the Colossus later this year, so yep. stay tuned for that. Whoa. He says, swap Spyro for Castlevania Symphony of the Night, actually. I actually haven't played Symphony of the Night. It's on my Vita, so I've been meaning to play it, because I've heard, of course, the best of things. But um, I've only played Dawn of Sorrows. Wow. Throne of Agony, Dawn of Sorrows. You, you played Portrait of Ruin. Not much. Maybe an hour or two. That's the best one on DS. No, PS3. You get to fight like a... like unskinned giant monster thing with arms at the end of Donna Sorrows. Yeah. Well, wait till you get to the final boss of Portrait of Ruin. Well, I got stuck in the Portrait of Ruin at death. Like yeah. Midway There's through. some really tough bosses in that yeah. game. Yeah. PS3, Chronolink9 says The Last of Us. Great choice. Demon Souls. I, I was actually in GameStop when I was getting Shadow Colossus and I asked for if they had Demon Souls. They did, but it didn't have the cover art. So get, I didn't get out of here. Yeah. And then he has the best Final Fantasy listed here, Final Fantasy thirteen. Oh. Chronolink is also a very big fan of thirteen, so Well, I like Lightning and Lightning's little sister. Alright. So PS4, he Thunder. says got it's Sarah. <laughs> okay. First off, naming conventions for the parents. First of all, Final Fantasy. Moving yeah. on. Why would she name Lightning? Because reasons. Okay. PS4, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, and Final Fantasy XV. Give me more Final Fantasy. That's what he says. Great choices. I need to play XV for sure. Nolan, also a friend of the show, fellow podcaster. Young Nostalgia, if you want to check out his podcast. Dude, Crash Team Racing and Spider-Man. Played these so much. He said CTR. I, I think that's what he meant to say Crash Team Racing. I think that's what that is abbreviated to be. And Spider-Man, I'm not sure if he means... Marvel's Spider-Man on PS4, or if he means like the original one on PS1? Find out next week on Otaku Brothers. (laughs) Sean. Your guess is as good as ours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Sean writes in, oh, my gosh. I found a fellow person who's played Death Jr. on PSP. He said Death Jr. on PSP was good, but weird. I agree completely. That was such a terrific little platformer. Twisted Metal head-on on PSP was great. And then Mercury on PSP? Mm, one of the close, warm planets. <laughs> <laughs> I've never played that game. Run. I'll have to check that out. Put Run that on the world. list. Of, what's that? What? I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> As um, usual. Sean also said Spyro. First one, but I suppose all of them. I'd agree. There's a, there's a great simplicity to the first one that I really um, had an appreciation for after playing through it again on PS4, so... I agree. Yeah, when you get done playing through the remastered editions, I'll have to borrow it yeah. to offset my rage of Sekiro. Yes. Travis, you may have heard of him once. He he's, says... He's a guy. PlayStation, Tomba, and Iron Hander, which I cannot believe he's played these two games. I don't know any of those. Iron Hander was a Squaresoft shoot 'em up Okay, cool. Yeah. With outstanding music. I can't believe he's played this. It's just mind-boggling to me. I don't know why. God, it's like you're almost meant to be. (laughs) (laughs) 
Tomba was a really ridiculous. Why isn't he your first side bitch? <laughs> because he, you're like I'm of, legally bound to you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um Tomba, you play as this uh kind of caveman dude with green shorts and pink hair. Okay. So naturally it's a great game. Yeah. PS3, he's in the Uncharted and Infamous series. Yes. Well, Infamous fan. He's P- all right. PS4, you said God, he said God of War and Spidey. Nice. I think Shadow of Mordor should have been on there, Travis, but I'll let it slide this time. No, he he got he's quit doing that one, right? He got burnt out. He finished Mordor. He stopped War. Yeah. Landon, fellow friend of the show, he says The Last of Us. Nice. Period. I agree. Pedro. Nice. Remember him? Vote for him. Yeah. Shadow of the Colossus, Heavy Rain, The Godfather. Oh, we have just become better friends, Pedro. That was one of the greatest games on PS2, Xbox back in the day because um, you would go into shops and... What's the word I'm looking for? Murder. (laughs) No, you would... uh, Castrate. Um, ex- impale, ex- extort, extort, ex- extort, extort them for their money. So that you get a, you, you get a percentage of the money that they would bring in each week, mm-hmm. and you could just you could take over all of New York. Don't rain on my parade. The Godfather. I'm, not, I'm listening. The I was Godfather is good help stuff. Help you out because I'm a good bro. Uh, Bully, another good game there, Pedro, and Yakuza. Oh, cool. We need to have a talk, Pedro, because you apparently have played a lot of games that I did not know about. Crash Bandicoot two and three. All the God of Wars. I like you better now. Fuck you, dude. Let me talk. <laughs> I'm letting you talk. Crash Bandicoot 2 and 3, All God of Wars, Horizon Zero Dawn, and the new Spider-Man. Nice. Andy, friend from work, Metal Gear Solid series. He said it's the reason I kept buying their next generation. And I'll come back to Andy because he actually sent me an Instagram message last night. Okay. We were going back and forth. Mason says, Dave Mira BMX 2. PS2 still have it and to this day. As well as Hot Shots Golf 4. Nice. Nice. Um, Logan writes in, and he just says, SOCOM. SOCOM? Yes. It was a one of the first online multiplayer shooters for the PS... Or the PlayStation 2, I guess. Hmm. SOCOM. Good stuff, you guys. All right. So I'm going to go into my history here. And Andy... Because I asked him, I was like, okay, please, tell me about Metal Gear Wait, Solid. How do you spell that? S-O-COM? Yeah. What he, came up was United States Special Operations. No. That doesn't seem... Andy right. said, I have a hard time going back to the older consoles, unless you're talking about the Super Nintendo, because of the graphics. Having said that, the original is a classic. My favorite in the entire series would have to be Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. I played each of their PlayStation series games. Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, Sons of Liberty, 3, and 4, Guns of the Patriots. I think they have a few new ones out for the PS4 that I haven't played. Hideo Kojima is the brainchild behind the series and has, I think, been taking a lesser role in the story creation and development of the later games in the series. It's because he's too busy making this fictitious of a game called Death Stranding with Norman Reedus. He said, Metal Gear Solid 2 is good, but it's not the greatest game in the series. It has its moments for sure, but I found it a bit repetitive. Because I told him that I played a bit of 2. Mm-hmm. So, a series I want to play because I love stealth games, but it's, it's also a series I've just never been able to get myself to play. Yeah. So... That's the listener feedback and nice. questions. And Thanks for your feedback and listening. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's hungry needs a burrito, so we'll be right back. I, I am. That is. This is break time for burritos. To talk about PS5 and the Eternals. I actually have a lot of stuff for PS5. Me too. And gibberish for Eternals, so get hyped for gibberish. <laughs> Coming soon. How was that mammoth burrito, Ryan? Like two pounds of just pure greatness. Had some girth to it. 
Yeah, no, I, um, it actually exploded when the dude was rolling it, so we had to get a second tortilla and double wrap it. Did he charge you for that? No. Yeah. No, so I am full of, like, 150 grams of carbs right now. (laughs) I'm slowed down just a bit. Yeah, I was listening to, um, have you ever heard Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR on Saturdays? Yeah, I actually set my alarm clock in the morning just so I can wake up and listen to that. Well, it's at 12 o'clock, so technically afternoon. Hey, but I sleep in. They had a, I think it was a second baseman on there he, who was known as the Wizard of Oz. Okay. And they were like, they go through questions and it's just all funny scenarios. And um, they did Wizard of Oz related questions. And one of the things that I learned was when Margaret Thatcher died, uh, Ding Dong the Witch is Dead went to the top of the charts because... In, like, England or something, which is interesting. That is pretty crazy. Because everyone apparently thought she was a witch. Wow. Yeah. Interesting fact. So there you go. You're welcome, people. The more you know, folks. Ryan, we're going to talk about the PS5. (laughs) Hopes, dreams, revelations, and things. Uh, We can do this a number of different ways. I uh, kind of structured my notes in such a way that I kind of have a list of games that I hope franchises are revived with this console. And then I have just general um, hopes and dreams. Okay, let's go. I have 10 things we know based off of that interview. Okay. So uh, we can go through that, and then we can go through your stuff. Sure. Okay, so what we know so far about the PS5 is they started development back in 2015 before the PS4 Pro came out. So it's been in development for about, what, five years now or four years? Um, it is going to have the capability of ray tracing. So I don't know if you know what that is. No. Um, it's the way that they're describing it, or when I looked into it, was basically better rendering of light. So light reflects off of things and deals in space a lot better. Okay. So like there's ray tracing in like Endgame and Infinity War. They do a lot in cinematic CGI, but it's pretty taxing okay so they don't do a lot so it's going to make water and fire and like reflections be a lot crisper okay which is cool uh one of the things they state they stated that they wanted to do was do audio capability overhaul so there wasn't a huge difference between the ps3 and the ps4 but kind of like, what is that, like Gone to Hell or that Hell? <laughs> Hellblade? Hellblade, yeah. So Gone to Hell. <laughs> they want to do... 60 seconds. <laughs> they want to do Starting more Nicholas of that, Cade like, coming uh... next summer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. He rides a motorcycle on this yeah. one, too. Um, they want to do more 3D audio okay. on this one. So what they're doing for a hard drive is an SSD, <clears throat> which is uh, key to next gen. This is how you get this. Basically, the computing power, the solid straight state drive is with the power of this is how you get the Spider-Man load times. Yeah. From 15 to like 0.8 or whatever. You have a key <clears throat> quote from one of the top dudes. It says, an ultra high speed SSD is the key to our next, gener- next generation. Our vision is to make loading screens a thing of the past, enabling creators to build new and unique gameplay experiences. Yeah, so, so um, it's basically dealing with the how fast it like reads the information. Yeah, which is now 
hopefully close to unlimited. Um, one of the things or statements was Death Stranding uh, could be released both on PS4 and PS5. Okay. So I don't know when that's coming out. I think next year. I, it's such a <laughs> pipe dream of a game. Like I, I don't understand one what the heck it even is. And see, I wanted PT. Yeah, we're never getting that. No, we're not. Well, that's why Death Stranding is a thing. Yeah, it's just such a weird game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting, just from a like a, a timeline perspective. Um, the next is there's backwards compatibility. Yes. Um, with PS4, um, they it's not confirmed or anything yet, um, but they're talking about hopefully that also deals with PS3, PS2, and PS1 games. You mean backwards compatibility all the way all, back? All the way back, the entire library. I don't see that happening. I don't either, but they mentioned it. It's They've so far confirmed PS4, but they want to do their entire library. Yeah. Um, disk drive is going to have Ultra HD, which is like 4K, blue like Blu-ray reader. Yep, makes sense. Um, which is currently not, but the Xbox One has that. And so it's going to be able to do 4K. Uh, PSVR headsets are going to be compatible, so you don't have to buy a whole new one. <clears throat> it will be supporting 8K resolution. Oh, boy. Yeah, all the Ks. Um, so there, it's going to have a long life with that kind of already built in, mm-hmm. uh, that capability when it goes to 8K. Um, it's going to be around close to $500. Um, so pretty pricey. I mean, it's half a grand and most likely in 2020. Okay, yeah. So one of my hopes was that it would have an affordable day one asking price, and I think that it's would... not going to. Well, because the executive said they think that people will find it very reasonable. Mm-hmm. I don't think five hundred is very reasonable at all. Like four fifty, five hundred. I think four hundred is very reasonable. I don't. Again, we have no idea how much it's going to cost, but if they are trying to be very reasonable, I think four hundred is kind of like the breaking point. Mm-hmm. Going past that is not was considered it, very reasonable. Because was it PS? Four that was originally like six hundred. It was PS three. PS three. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to do that again. Is one of the things. Yeah. So one of my other things is I want a strong commitment to PSVR uh, and really show us what it's capable of. I mean, the PS two had like that stupid eye toy thing. PS three had the PlayStation the Move. Wand. Uh, well, that was PlayStation three had Move. We've had VR. What's the next step? It's VR ca- compatible, 8K. What is that? I mean, that's just a number to me. That means nothing unless I you give me experiences worth playing in 8K. Yeah. I mean, right now, nothing is really in 4K specifically for it. I mean, I feel One, like... because it can't really read it, but... Yeah. yeah, but I mean, to this point, I feel for the most part, we have glorified tech demos. I mean, I think Astrobot sounds to be... Sounds like it's really great, um... Beat Saber, I think, is a, is a unique experience, but, like, I want the next level. Like, I want to feel like I'm in Skyrim. You know, like, I yeah. want to feel like, I guess, you know, Link isn't a, a Sony property, but I want to feel like I'm in Breath of the Wild, Horizon I Zero will. Dawn. Yeah. You know, walking next to Drake and, you know, scaling these tall buildings. Like, I don't know what that looks like, but that's not my job to do. You know, I want to, I just want to experience that. Yeah. No, I mean, hopefully, moving forward, they focus on it, because right now... It's not where it should be. No. But, I mean, the technology is also pretty new. And, I mean, compared to a generation or two ago. Yeah. No, I mean, we're making good leaps. But, I mean, I still think it's kind of in, in its infant stage. Yeah, for I sure. don't think we're going to... 
Lauren's calling me. I don't think we're, we're going to be in Skyrim, that type of real-life experience until, like, PlayStation 7. Hopefully we don't actually get in Skyrim, and hopefully we get in Redfall VR. What is that? The location of the next oh, okay. Elder Scrolls. Well, you know what I meant. I meant just yeah. being in the Elder Scrolls yeah. universe. Um, should I pick up the phone and see if Lauren wants? Probably. Probably not on air, though. What's up, Lauren? So, back, you entertain the listeners. Okay. I can talk about Eternals. How does that sound? Sure. Okay, so, I was, my boss, or old boss, came over to me, and he was like, hey, have you heard anything about this new Marvel movie, uh, The Eternals? And I had not heard about that. Um, Do we want to just do Eternals now? No, we're going to go back to PS5. Anything important? No, she wanted to know where the boxes were at Walmart. Oh, okay. Not important at all. Could have been a text message just saying, Lauren. Yeah. Anyways. For the number of times I have meetings that could have been like an email. Yeah. Really grinds my gears. It really does. So, PSVR, talked about that. One of my other things before I get to franchises I hope are revived. Excuse me. Um, I love the idea of getting free games to PlayStation Plus every month. Yes. I'm hoping moving forward they bring more games to the PS2 service of being able to download them and having trophy support and somewhat of an HD upgrade, not entirely, but they're a little touched up a bit like Dark Cloud was. Yeah. I'm hoping that we get more of those types of games available for the service and even more than that each month. Not only do we get like two of that current generation of game, so whether it's Conan the Barbarian, uh, Modern Warfare 4, Mm -hmm. but we also get... War of the Monsters or Dark Cloud as one of the downloadable games. Like one of them more mainstream and then one of like... A classic. Like yeah. a PS2 classic. Okay. I think that'd be really neat. Just because, one, they're not really losing a whole lot of coin by doing that. Um no. And you introduce an audience to games that they would have never otherwise played. Yeah. So, uh, even more so because they already are with the PlayStation <clears throat> 4 games. But I think having a PS1 or 2 classic or even a 3... You know, throw in a Resistance 3 in there, you know, or a Killzone 2. Yeah. I think that'd be really neat to have those uh, yeah, I would available. Love Resistance games on my PS4. And really just PS1 in general, because I think right now you can only get PS1 games on the PS3. You can't play them on PS4 as far as downloading them. Yeah. Uh, you can do it on the Vita as well. But yeah, I think we really need to be able to have that capability. So some franchises that I hope to revive, and I'll kind of just rattle these off and then you can go into the Eternals discussion. If you don't have any other PS5 stuff. No, I just had the data and what we know. Okay, so some of the franchises I hope to have revived. Um, one of them, we talked about PlayStation Battle, All-Stars, Royale. It's a mouthful of a title. But the I, Sly Cooper one. Is it the, the raccoon dude? No, PlayStation Battle. No, no, I got that. What's the, what's the raccoon guy? Sly Cooper. What are, you, what are you talking about? That's one I want. A new Sly Cooper game? Yeah, that would be amazing. Dude, I'm... <laughs> I'm talking about PlayStation Battle Stars Royale. Okay, right yes, now. we also want this. Yeah, no, so I want that because I think the PS4 generation has had a slew of characters and new games that we could add to the roster. Aloy, a hunter from Bloodborne, Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, they could do Spider Man. Yeah, why not? Um I think there'd be a lot of cool characters that they could add in. So that's Ellie. Could you imagine Ellie? Yeah, Ellie or Joel or something like that. Mm-hmm. Probably Joel. I don't know. Either one would be great. So that's a big one. Uh, probably need to tighten up the mechanics a bit because I know it was kind of, it just seemed kind of sloppy and rushed. 
to compete yeah. with, with Smash. It wasn't as fast. It was really, I mean, a lot of the moves were really slow. Yeah. Um, and clunky, kind of. Yeah, so to your point, Sly Cooper would be great, but you also need to play some of the pr- previous games because they're outstanding. Could you imagine another Battlefront Lord of the Rings game in full HD? Battle, f- like... What's a game that you have over there that's Lord of the Rings? Conquest. Kind of Conquest. It's never going to happen because Pandemic oh. Studios is gone, which means the only people that would make it would be EA. And I never want them touching Lord of the Rings. That's true. Could you imagine how great that would be oh. if it was a possibility? Well, that's why I bought Conquest on PS3 again, because I want to I want to play it. It was so much fun. Yeah. Uh, no, here's what I want. This isn't Sony-specific. This is just, in general, another Battle for Middle-Earth game. Real-time strategy game that worked beautifully on console. Yeah. One of my top 10 games of all time still is. Played it for probably well over 100 hours. That would be a lot of fun. I want to play through the old platformers of the PS2 era. So the Sly Coopers and everything. Well, you can get the HD collections of those on PS3. You can get Ratchet and Clank Collection, Jack and Daxter, and Sly Cooper. Okay. So, if you have your PS3 lying around. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to figure out how to hook it up to the internet. You don't really need to. You can just buy the physical copies on eBay. Hmm. I was thinking it was a downloadable, kind of like PS4 stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure if you can get those on PSN or not. Okay. Those trilogies. You probably could. Well, I mean, then I guess the new story. We'd want to explore them, because they haven't been done in a while, right? The last Sly Cooper game was Sly Cooper 4, like Thieves in Time, I think. Mm-hmm. I never played that one. I heard it was really good. It was on PS3. Okay. But it was, wasn't developed by the original people. It was like Serranazu Games or something like that. I don't know who you took You could name rings. any studio, and I'd be like, oh, cool. Sly yeah. Cooper, Thieves in Time. Who was the developer for this? Yeah, it's Sanzaru Games. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. But I heard it was a terrific Sly Cooper game, and it was as if the original developers made it. So Yeah, I'm hoping the new Skyrim or... The new Elder Scrolls comes out mm-hmm. for PS5 and doesn't release on PS4. Yeah, no, I feel the same way about that. Because um, one of the things that they were talking about, and it makes sense now that I looked into ray tracing, is it's going to have ray tracing. And it's going to be... There There was this one of these... I don't know, it's like Grandma of Skyrim. I don't know if you've heard of her. No. Okay. It's this like, old lady that just plays skyrim oh okay yeah, yeah. i thought you meant like there's a grandma character in skyrim no and they she doesn't know if she'll be able to play the new elder scrolls so they actually put her in as a character like oh, an nice. npc very to cool. cement her uh some other games i hope to be revived i'd like to see another order 1886 i know that wasn't very well received on the ps4 because it was kind of came out near launch and was touted as being the best looking console game to date and it was a really good looking game but it was kind of set in this victorian style era where there were uh, kind of lichens and werewolves. and This was the six-hour one? Yeah, it was kind of a six-hour experience. Yeah. It was quick. But I still really enjoyed it for the time I played it. And honestly, I wouldn't have wanted it to be any longer. I mean, really? people, yeah, people said it was just over way too fast. And I'm thinking like, I mean, yeah, you could have, there could have been a little bit more exposition to the story. And certainly the ending was kind of abrupt. But I wouldn't have been up in arms if I played full price back then. Mm-hmm. Well, I probably would have been. but I don't know. I can't justify anything for six hours. Like, when you have a 50-hour game, it's like, okay, that's it's a dollar per hour. No, I, I would, would have paid 100 bucks for Last of Us. Yeah, but that's... Eh, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, that was like a 10-hour experience. I, mean, I guess most of my games in 
I mean, if you get to the Borderlands, the Dark Souls, the replayability of those. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I totally get you, for sure. Um, let's see here. Another one that I have is Jack and Daxter. I don't think Naughty Dog is ever... They've been quoted as saying that they have no plans to revisit that franchise. But I don't... I mean, <laughs> planes flying over. Yeah, we're getting bombed. Uh Give the rights to someone else. I mean, I think Toys for Bob, even though they had the palette of the game already there for the Spyro and um, Crash Bandicoot trilogies, I, give it to someone like them that has a great appreciation for the characters and, and its history and give us a new Jack and Daxter game. Yeah. I think that'd be outstanding. Um, Ape Escape's another really weird game that I'd love to see revived just because we haven't seen any of those since the PS2 era. And I really thoroughly enjoyed them on that uh, that console and... I even downloaded Ape Escape 2 on the PS4, and it still it still holds up. It's just so so much wacky fun. And the last one is probably never going to happen, um, but I'm holding out hope. Level 5, if you're listening, give us another Dark Cloud. I haven't even played Dark Cloud 2 yet. I'm probably going to play it this summer, at least try to sneak it in somewhere. But the first one was just such a fun thing to play through. More so because of Pete was speedrunning it at the time, but... Even just, again, I've talked about it a couple, couple of times now, just listening to the music on, like, when I'm at work, it just brings me back to playing it. it just imagine just, how cool it would be to have a randomly generated HD, like, with the graphics now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'd I think so- that console could definitely have the computing power to mm-hmm. deal with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would, me imagining it, it would look like Breath of the Wild because Dark Cloud kind of looked like stylistic yeah of zelda kind of had a similar look to it so that would be incredible if they had a breath of the wild looking game that was dark cloud yeah that would be great but that's really all i had i just kind of jotted down a few things that i'd hope to see who knows what we're going to see i hope it has a a decent launch lineup it'd be really neat if it had a 360 kind of launch where you got oblivion i don't think oblivion was at launch it was it was near launch but if it launched with and Elder Scrolls, I'd be saving up for months. Or God of War 5. That thing, it's too quick of a turnaround. Eh, I mean, God of War came out last year. I guess that's true. They probably, it's been five, it took them five years. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm excited for God of War 5. Yeah, but I mean, if it had, all right, so let's talk about this, Ryan. What would be the game to throw you over the edge? Let's just say this thing's 500 bucks. Comes with a controller, no game. What's your one game that would put you over the edge? If they do Elder Scrolls correct, I would pay $500. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think for me... And God of War 5. It's not going to be at launch, but God of War 5 because of how God of War ended. Yeah. Um, the post credit scene. Um, yeah. Those are my two main ones. Resistance 4. That's never going to happen. You Would you pay 500 bucks for that? Oh, hell yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. And for the game, but for the bundle, oh, it would be great. I would do it for, of course, the next Elder Scrolls game, if it was done right. Um, Fallout 76 Part 2 would probably be up there for me. Right? Yeah. Right after Fallout 5 and 6? Yeah. Definitely um, Last of Us 2. I mean, after playing Last of Us 1 and it just being the experience it was for me, playing 2 that quick with that much quick of a turnaround would be so awesome. So I would love that. Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Yeah, and I can't speak to that or God of War just because I haven't played enough of those games. But um, let's take a look. Trying to think of some other ones. I mean, if they had another Jack and Daxter, I'd probably do that. 
Um, the next Spider-Man. It just came out, but that that'd be another one. Dark Cloud Three, Day One. <laughs> that would shock everyone. Kingdom Hearts Four. Hell yeah! I mean, that's no doubt. Yeah. yeah. I think though, like Final Fantasy VII, if that launches with the console and it doesn't come out on PS4, that would not sell me at all. No, because it's iteration. Yeah. I mean, I would not. Even if it was the full game, I don't even think I would be there day one. Just because there's still so much on PS4 that I haven't played yet. Yeah. Um, and even stuff on PS3 that See, I want to See, now I don't play. know if I'm even going to get Final Fantasy Seven. If it's just... Well, I'm not going to get it until it's all out and done. It's all out and it's on discount because if I'm buying multiple $60 games... No, it'd probably be like 20 to $30 is my guess. But that's still stupid because you're going to end up paying like probably 100 bucks for the whole thing. Yeah. I don't well, want here's that. another thing. How much do you think each of the games are going to be? That's what I'm afraid. They're going to milk it for all it's worth. My guess is it's going to be like a 60, 64.99 type of thing. Like each game could be like 64.99, maybe 69.99. $70 for a portion of the game? No, I'm not talking about Final Fantasy anymore. I'm talking about Oh, a- how much game. is it? Oh, for PS5. Yeah. Hmm. Cuz we've had $60 games for two generations now. Yeah. I think it's doable, but now they're putting microtransactions, so EA made $800 million. Yeah, but I think microtransactions is going to be somewhat of a thing of the past for games that are like Spider- or not Spider-Man, like Star Wars, because EA knows that they can't keep doing that. Yeah, it's a crap business model. I'd be fine with like 65. I think that's probably where they're headed. But anything over that, it's... Uh, I don't know tough. how many things I'm going to be pre-ordering. No, it's going to be very few I'll and be far buying, between. Yeah. yeah. Um, and luckily with backwards compatibility, you can still play your old library. Mm-hmm. Like you can get PS4 games, which will be discounted to all hell. Mm-hmm. So. Well, what I was also going to say too is why I was why I would hold off is because there's a lot of stuff on PS3 I even want to go back and play. Like Resistance the, 3? Yeah, I mean, I want to play the Resistance games for sure. Um, but the Dead Space series was something I never played, but I always yeah. wanted to because they looked really just crazy right up my They're alley. Crazy, yeah. So those would be some games that I'd like to go back and play, and I'm sure there's some other ones too. Kingdoms of Amalur was kind of this um, overlooked action RPG that I really wanted to play. I'm pretty sure Grant Kirkhope even had some. He composed some of the music for that game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. What game? But um. Enough about PS5, Ryan. Okay. Let's talk about Eternals. So Eternals, uh, new Marvel. So Marvel wrapped up, or they're wrapping up Phase 4 with the new Spider-Man. Yes. And they're getting into, we just beat, uh, I don't, we already spoiled, right? Endgame? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. Well, so we just got out of Endgame, and how that ended, they're opening it up to a new main villain. If you haven't uh, seen Endgame now, that. I don't. It's, it's like still two weeks or so. But yeah, you should have seen it by now. Yeah. Um, so there's Ryan came to my desk and he said, hey, have you heard of this Eternals video or a movie that's coming out? And I said, no, I have not. Because I love the Eternals. That's probably one of my like favorite storylines because of how big it is. So you have Rob Stark is going to be in it. Richard is Madden, he, the beautiful man. He is a beautiful man. So I guess... I'll get into some Eternals lore, um, some Celestial stuff. So the Celestials, if you remember in Guardians of the Galaxy, that big guy who had the rock and wiped out the planet, 
he when you're they're at the collector. It, they show that video. The first Guardians. Yeah, it's been so long since I've seen that. Okay, so if you look, let's see, because this is like a key concept, dude. Celestial. Sly Cooper Thieves in Time looks awesome. Uh, Guardians. And it's only ten bucks on eBay. Guardians of the Galaxy. None of these have manuals though. Okay. Hmm. Boom. This guy. This tall thing. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. Okay, so he, that tall thing with the mask who ends up, like, destroying the entire planet with the Power Stone is a Celestial. Just okay. Just for a visualization. So, in establishing, I guess, X-Men 61, um, the Celestials were these beings that were there at the beginning of the universe. And they created life, and I guess along with life, there was death. So, they had... The life that they had created had a rebellion against them. So they created the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Like, these are, this is universe creating. So we already got mention of the multiverse in the newest Spider Man trailer. Yep. So now we have to fill up that multiverse. So the Celestials, big dudes, uh, I think they were like 200,000 feet tall or something just stupid. Cool. Um, they created the, I think, aspirants that went to war against the Celestials. And these aspirant dudes created God Killer armor, as they do. It's like this giant golden suit of armor that's as big as like a Celestial. And it was just killing off Celestials. Um, and then eventually, uh, there was a limited series after uh, Jack Kirby came back to Marvel. He wrote about uh, 12 comic book series about the Eternals. So the the Celestials came to Earth and found what would eventually be humans. Um, So knowing they would be humans, they took their DNA and created two groups. This is important. Eternals and Deviants. Okay. All right. So the Deviants were like physical mutants um, that were more subterranean. um, Just ugly thing. If you think of like ghouls and things, that's kind of what they did. Uh, they didn't really interact with humans. The Eternals were really close, or were as close to genetic perfection as you could, and as close to being a celestial, like obviously like human size, mm-hmm. as you could be without actually being a celestial. So the problem is the Eternals, or the problem is uh, the Eternals are spread out over the Earth six one six universe. Um, and then they fell into civil war. Uh, the cele- the Eternals were even on Saturn's moon Titan. And if you think of Thanos, um, Thanos is actually a hybrid between the uh, Eternals and the mutant gene. So that's why he's so powerful. Is because he's actually an Eternal and a Deviant. Okay. Um, so getting into other stuff, basically... Uh, Celestials, super powerful. Eternals, these genetic gods, essentially. And if we're now having a full movie about these near-perfect beings, potentially Adam Warlock could be deemed as, like, a Eternal. So like, from Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Are any of the... Uh, so this, this is going to be a standalone movie, The Eternals. Yeah, so think of a lot of people 
close to Thanos' power. But that aside, will this end up crossing over into any of the other Avengers movies? Or, I mean, any of the other, like, Spider-Mans and... I think it's setting the... Not Captain America, but... The groundwork for explaining a new high-level person. Okay. So you'd have Eternals versus Galactus, or Eternals versus a overpowered Doctor Doom. Yeah, I'm like I'm really struggling to get excited about the future of Marvel movies after I mean I really want to see Spider-Man, but like I felt like everything was leading up to Endgame. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not, I don't get excited about Guardians 3, I don't get excited about Captain Marvel 2, even Black Panther 2. I'm just kind of like I felt like that was enough. Like Endgame was a I mean after Spider-Man, I feel like I don't need any more. No, I, I'm very much the same way, but I think the Eternals will be something that revitalizes and takes it in a new direction. I hope like, so. I don't, I don't give a shit about, uh, was it Captain Marvel? Yeah. Like, it's it's not a character that's loved by the fans, and I don't find any, uh, I guess, redeeming qualities in having a Superman-type character. I'm really excited about Black Widow. Black Widow prequel would be awesome. Dude, Scarlett Johansson. I watched She's Iron, awesome. I watched Iron Man 2 this past week for mm-hmm. the first time whoa she is kind of a babe she kind of yeah no she is a babe yeah yeah she's awesome um she's also badass did you see the picture of her and um chris what's his face playing game boy <laughs> evans other? yeah yeah i think i did see that they're playing like yeah. tetris or something yeah one of your favorite games oh god okay she's gone down to my book <laughs> tetris um, um yeah no i think this has the potential, the Eternals, to revitalize or spark something that was then... I mean, because you have this giant hump of closing out 23 movies. And I guess there is some fatigue, but this could revitalize it. Take it in a totally different direction. But we'll, we'll have to see. I hope so. I mean, I want a reason, of course, to see these movies, but I think certainly box office... What they're going to be bringing into the box office is not even going to compare to what I think they've been bringing in over the course of the past 10 years. Yeah, Thanos is a very unique story, and I it's going to be hard to find a villain as compelling as Thanos. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the future of Marvel, of course, but uh, I guess cautiously optimistic. Yes. So, well, Ryan, do you have anything else to add to this podcast? I'm going to take a nap. Dude, I feel like I could take a nap right now. Yeah. So... Naps are encouraged to yeah. both us and our Talk Brothers podcast listeners. I also want to thank all of you guys because we recently passed 3,000 downloads of the podcast, which is something I never thought possible with no. the show. I know for most that might be the download count for each episode, but not for Ryan and I. And uh, I'm just thankful for you guys, the listeners, that you're still listening and enjoying the show. And if you have any feedback or topics you guys want us to cover or whatnot, Right into a talk about this podcast at gmail.com. We want to make this show as good as it can be for you guys. And yeah. whatever you like or don't like, we want to stop doing what you don't like and do more of what you do like. So thank you all for listening. Ryan, do you have any parting words? Eat a burrito that weighs two pounds. Take a nap. Have a good weekend. Get hyped for Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. We didn't even talk about that, but get hyped. We'll talk about it next week. Yes, we'll talk about episode five. Battle of the Red Keep. And what we think about... What will happen in the final episode? Yeah. So, all right. It's so crazy to think that we have two more episodes. Yeah. And then it's over. It's all over. What am I gonna do? <laughs> oh, Su- uh, Supernatural season fourteen is on Netflix. Dude, I need to watch and... a recap because 
I don't remember what happened like the past three seasons. They have a recap at the very beginning. Okay. And it does a pretty good job. Okay. And then Lucifer season four is out on Netflix, which right. is another really good show. Good stuff. Well, we're getting to like Return of the King, all these fake endings. So this is the end of the podcast. All right, bye. See ya. Bye.